0: and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron sis Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to tonight's episode of the Iron Sissed Bin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by a co-host you haven't seen in quite a while who happens to be wearing shades. Say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. And of course, as usual, Uncle Mark, good old reliable with his whiskey. Is it the same whiskey? Hola. Holla!
1: This is Jim Beam's Devil's Cut, and I believe because it was brewed in Kentucky, it's technically a bourbon. Oh, it's a bourbon. I'm sorry. And by the way, Jason, I have those same sunglasses in Animal Crossing on my character. <laughs> They're very comfortable and stylish. I think,
2: right. I, think I've, I think I've owned a physical copy of these in real life as well. So nice. It's, it's, I love them.
0: I have to ask: Can folks hear the co-hosts right now? Because I'm, I'm thinking. Yep, hang on, a, hang on a second, folks. We will fix this momentarily. Some for some reason,
2: more live coding.
0: The audio in OBS is not picking up the stream.
1: Oh dear.
2: Speakers. Oh, I see
0: why. Hey. So hey, I think you guys can hear the co-hosts now.
1: <laughs> so did that not go? Did not not record our very clever banter at the beginning Uh,
0: well it'll record so if anybody wants to know what we said in the first one minute of the show you're gonna have to go listen to the audio recording because it's recorded here it (laughs) It just didn't go to youtube
1: right light
0: banter (laughs) we were a huge mess we were simply talking about what mark is drinking
2: think
1: of all the dad (laughs) jokes they missed out on jim bean's devil's cut right
0: so for the benefit of the folks on the stream who didn't hear the intro we've got jason with us today who hasn't been here in like what two months at this point? I don't
2: know. And uh, and he's wearing fake sunglasses. Is it? I mean, is it tomorrow yet? I'm stuck. Still- uh,
1: it's still it March. Was...
0: Is it? <laughs> I think it's still March. <laughs> it might
1: be. It's it's now. It used to be then, but it's now. We're looking it's at like, now, now, sir. It's like cold out, like it was in March. <laughs> so, I, so today I don't... is not
0: cold, or have you not no, been outside at all? Today is not that the, cold. Is that the problem? <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> it's
2: not as hot as summer should be. Yeah, you're probably right. It
1: it was it was a little muggy on my on my after lunch walk. It seemed warmer. Seemed it's warmer, like
2: 120 huh? or some insane number in California, so.
1: Yeah. Now, I what is it right now in Lovely Nazareth?
2: Uh Trooper, it's marked not, the 188th.
1: 81 degrees right now. Yeah yeah 81 and nas but we're in the lehigh valley so we're at the bottom of the valley so all the junk in the air and crap leaks down here i think and probably
2: so so my watch says it's 74 and on the top of the mountain that i'm on it's it's usually about five degrees lower than that so
1: even with that max reactor throwing off all the heat yep Mm, yeah
0: yeah i bet all right so um Josh, I see your your comment about it being a little bit low. I just adjusted some volume, but it, it the levels look okay from here. So i don't want to I don't want to mess with them too much and then ruin the audio recording. So I hope it's good enough. Just turn your speakers up a little.
1: <laughs> don't be a ruiner.
0: All right. So tonight, um, I don't know if any of you saw because I was very vocal about this because I was very happy about the fact that it happened. But um, I passed my RHCE this past Monday, not yesterday, but the Monday before. And
1: wait, uh, you, you do computer stuff? I do
0: computer stuff. Oh, totally. Wow. Totally I don't know do, if I do that. I totally do computer stuff. Um, so, <laughs> you don't know if you knew that. <laughs> so, anyway, there were a couple interesting things about this particular. Um, um, run through of the RHCE. One is that it's on the RHCE for RHEL 8, uh, which the whole curriculum is different now. It's not what you might be used to if you hold an existing RHCE from RHEL 6, 7, 5, 4, whatever. Um, and also I did a remote exam, which is a thing that is brand new since COVID, right? And it's actually brand new as of like, I don't know, what, a month, two months ago uh, that it was uh, available to the public?
1: It hasn't been out that long. I think it was the beginning of the month.
0: Could be, could be. I know it was available. Well, I don't know if this is too much inside baseball, but it was available to Red Hat Associates in like a beta program before that. That could be what I'm thinking of.
1: I think Sean Q got it at the beginning of the month.
0: Yeah, that could be right. Beginning of September or August or, or March?
1: September. <laughs> oh. <laughs> March 180th, I think, at this point. Because <laughs> according to Josh, it's March 187, or Trooper, it's 187th. So yeah, about March 180th. Okay. 180 180 days into March. Good, good. Yeah.
0: So, um, at any rate, I thought, uh, people might find it useful to sort of hear not only about the new curriculum, because there's only so much of that I can talk about. Uh, it's just sort sort of very generalized things because like many exams of this level, I'm under an NDA that says I can't share with you what was actually on the exam. So, you know, Take all this with a grain of salt. I can't tell you any details. Don't ask me to tell you details because I'll tell you what I just said, that I can't. Uh, but I can talk about how the remote exam worked. At least I'm pretty sure I can talk about that. And uh, what what you might expect if you're considering a remote exam from Red Hat. Uh, I probably should have got a list of which other exams are available. Mark, you don't happen to have that? Or maybe can you look it up while I'm talking? Because <laughs> there's there's a couple there's a couple exams that are available remote.
1: You expect me to do work as a co-host? I mean, sometimes. Um, so, you you want a little sidebar, by the way, about that NDA thing? Sure. So, so this is something that people who aren't inside of Red Hat might not realize. I I think it's if if you've looked into if you've ever taken a Red Hat exam, as as a as a non-Red Hatter you you probably remember that you signed an agreement that you wouldn't talk about the contents, you know, what was actually in the exam with other people. What I what I think people might not realize is that even inside a red hat, like me and Nate and other people wearing fedoras, we're not allowed to talk to each other about the actual exam contents either. That that NDA extends inside yep. of the company.
3: Yep.
0: So that's actually a valid thing that's it's worth mentioning. That was just... Um,
1: you know,
0: not just the NDA and how it applies to both employees and people who are not employees of Red Hat, but uh, the fact that Red Hat certifications aren't somehow easier because we work for Red Hat. Some people might think that because we're Red Hat employees, we get like some softball exam just so we can get those letters at the end of our name because we're employees. That is not the case. Um, sitting for My RHCE and RHCSA seven years ago when I got them on RHEL 6 was just as difficult as when I got my RHCSA and RHCE this time around, which have happened uh, February, I think I got the RHCSA, that one I went and took the exam in a kiosk, and this one, of course, I took remote. So um, we're in, in the role that Mark and I are in, we're required to have an RHCE certification, that's like the bare minimum. And that's, you know, basically because we're technical people, right? Our support engineers have to have, have to be Red Hat certified mm-hmm. as well because they're technical people and they're supporting our products. Uh, yeah. So it would be very silly, I think anyway, for the company to say, yeah, we'll just give you an RHCE, right? Or we'll make it easy for you because then it would sort of dilute the, the very nature of what an RHCE is. So
1: yeah. you trying to say something, Mark? Uh, so I was wrong. I've been married twenty eight years. I should be used to saying that. you're never wrong. Uh, they were available August third, not beginning of September, so beginning of August. I, in the in the Yahoo, not the Yahoo. no, it's the YouTube chat. <laughs> uh, I dropped uh, the the blog that Randy, the uh, guy who's in charge of all this junk, wrote talking about it. And so yeah, August third. and then it's the um it's the two pieces that make the r h c right RHCSA. And RHCE and then the first the uh, the openshift admin 280 and openshift app development 288 so as he puts them they're the most in demand right which makes sense right sure red Hat certification RHC' that's the big boy and then obviously red hats you know been focused on openshift a lot so having those having those certs available remotely was considered pretty important and it was August 3rd
0: good so so it has yeah. been a little over a month, just about. But time is meaningless, as we've talked about. Time before. is meaningless in the world of SMARCH. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I thought I'd talk a little bit about, first, the remote exam and what was involved with that. Uh, and then I'll talk which a very— Which can talk about. Which I can talk about. And then I'll talk a little bit about what you can expect from, uh, you know, f- from what is public about the RHCE, what you can expect, and maybe some things that might help you study. Uh, so the remote exam itself, obviously I took it right here at this desk that I'm, that I'm presenting IronSysAdmin from right now. And there's a bunch of requirements that you have to meet along with that. Uh, so of course, um, I registered for the exam and then I scheduled it just like you would if you were going to go to a kiosk. It's really the same deal. It's not like you just register for it and you can just log right in and take your exam. Uh, but I registered for it and then I picked a date which I thought would give me enough time to sort of go through a couple more, you know, rounds of practice before I took the exam. Uh, Looking back, what I probably should have done is when I scheduled the training, I probably should have scheduled the exam for like a week or two after because I gave myself way too much time for the skills to get dusty in my brain. And uh, I found that there was a lot more relearning to do after the month and a half or so had passed between when I took my training, which was also online, and when I took the exam, that's a me thing though. Maybe you work better. Maybe you're more diligent than me. And that time off in the middle would be used for practice. In my case, it was used for crap. I got to get back to life. And I did a bunch of life in between <laughs> in between when I took the training and when I took the exam. And that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah. I'm the opposite of the guy who takes any downtime. Every time I've successfully gotten... Every time I've successfully passed a cert exam has been when I've gone for the boot camp version, where mm-hmm. it's Monday through Thursday in the class. Yes. Friday is the exam, and I've either been staying in a hotel, or the last time I went, I was down in D.C. I stayed at my sister's, but I removed myself from my normal family yeah. life. Yeah. And was able to just focus on the nerd stuff.
0: So um, when I got my RHC SA and CE on rail six. Uh, My old boss and I went to New York City, stayed in a hotel, took a RHCE rapid track course. That's the one. Which covered none of the RHCSA, which had me really concerned. It covered, it very lightly touched on like a quick review of RHCSA. And then the whole course was essentially RHCE prep. Uh, And then we took both exams on Friday, which was, you know, if you want to talk about anxiety, there you go. Uh, So, and I passed them both, which was cool, right? Now, the thing with, um, the thing with well, I'll get into this when I talk about the, the curriculum of the RHCE, I suppose. But anyway, so I registered for the exam. I scheduled uh, when I wanted to take it, uh, which was, like I said, this past Monday. Not yesterday, but the Monday before. Because yesterday was a holiday. You can't take it on a holiday, I'm sure. Um, so... Uh, after I scheduled it, I received an email like a, a, a day later with a whole bunch of information that I need to know before I can actually sit for the exam. And one of those things was, go download this boot ISO and burn it to a USB stick. Now, this is the exact same procedure you'd follow if you were downloading Fedora, you know, or RHEL or, or something to install on a system and put burning it to a USB stick. It's just that this is this special uh, exam environment. And anybody... Uh, Anybody who's taken a uh, Red Hat exam knows what this exam environment looks like. It felt identical when I booted it on my laptop here. Uh, It was basically a very clean desktop, no access to anything within the operating system, and it brought you directly into your exam environment. The only difference was that when my exam was started, I was connected to a remote system somewhere in the cloud or in Red Hat's data center or something. Uh, that was basically a RHEL 8 desktop, which would then bring up my exam in front of me with the timer and with the tasks that I had to complete and all that stuff. The stuff you'd expect if you've ever taken one of these exams. That's the environment that it puts you into. Uh, So I was actually kind of uh, impressed, to be honest, at at how well they delivered the kiosk exam environment remotely. I thought it worked out pretty well. Uh, The only real problem I had was that when they initiated my exam? I I presume that this is like a cloud instance. It boots up somewhere, right? It's imaged off of something, and then when you log into it, your timer starts. Uh, the thing didn't boot. <laughs> they they presented me with with what might have been something like a VNC session to a black screen with a cursor at the top, and it didn't actually start the thing, right? So uh, like half an hour in. Uh, they finally got it to boot, and they had to add a half an hour to the end of my my timer, right, which was good of them. I didn't lose half an hour of exam time, which is good, because as we talk about this later, I'll tell you how I needed it. Um, so I got it. Well, so so that's, that's pretty much how the environment works. Now, if you've ever sat for uh, an exam in a kiosk, you'll know that there's webcams that look at you, right, so that they can tell if you're trying to whisper to somebody or if you've got you know notes on your wrist or something, and you're trying to to cheat, uh, they make you... A clever
1: midget under your desk? A clever midget
0: under your desk. Um, uh, is midget an okay word, Mark? Did, did, did we just <sighs> offense? Uh, is it, it little people? Is that the word?
1: Like, a tiny, I, I a challenge tiny nerd under your desk. A tiny nerd that? under your desk. I mean, it could be a child, right?
0: Maybe it's a child nerd. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so... This brings me to system requirements, okay? So you have to have an external webcam. You can't just have the one that's built into your laptop or into your monitor or whatever. You have to have one that you can physically pick up and move around because they need to be able to look at your keyboard, look at your desk. They physically have you pick up the camera and pan it around the room so they can tell there's not somebody like hiding in that corner over there, like right over here where the camera doesn't show. Um they have you look under the desk to check for, you know, short people, <laughs> or notes or whatever, um, and, and you know, so they basically need to make sure that you're not uh, you're not able to to reference notes that you've hung on the wall behind the monitor or something. They do have you check behind the monitor even, right? Um, so that's a requirement, right? You have to be able to have you have to be able to pick up your camera. You can't just have it attached to your monitor because if it's on your monitor, uh, you can't pick up the monitor and move it around. Which brings me to the another requirement, which is you can only have one display. I don't know if that's because of the way they monitor you or if it's something, some limitation in the exam environment, you can only have a single display. Uh, so if you're on a laptop like I was, I have my, my ThinkPad that was issued to me when I started working at Red Hat. Um, I used that, uh, but I have two external displays connected to it. So they said, well, you can have one external display, but then you have to close your laptop lid, right? Uh, and I talked to another person who took a remote exam later after I'd finished mine, and he said the size of the monitor really doesn't matter because the, the display in the lab or in the environment that you're booted into is only, you know, like 1024 or not 1024, 1280 by 1024 or whatever. So if you're on a large monitor like the one that's right in front of me, it just shows up in a little window it doesn't scale up or anything to fit see to fit your and, environment
1: and, and and the guy who says that the size of the monitor doesn't matter yeah he always says that but we know that's not true <laughs> that's what they always say so uh at any rate uh so that
0: that's the thing you're gonna have to deal with what i did is i took my laptop which is on a stand right over here and i put it right in front of my big display and i i attached my keyboard and my my mouse to it through a hub which is another limitation right you can't you can't have too many devices plugged in. Keyboard, mouse, and your external camera are the only things you're allowed to have plugged into the device. I don't know if they scan the system to check that, but that is a thing that they, that they validate. Your keyboard and mouse can't be wireless. They have to be physically cabled. I don't know if they think that people are going to feed you answers through the wireless dongle for your keyboard. I guess that's possible if you're that determined to cheat. Uh, so you have to have a physically cabled keyboard and mouse. I've talked to some people that say they've gotten away with a wireless mouse, and I've talked to others who say absolutely not. They wouldn't even let me start the exam until I removed the wireless devices and plugged in physically cabled ones. So, you know, your mileage may vary. It all depends on your proctor, I suppose. Um, So your desktop area has to be completely clean of anything, right? So my desk is usually kind of cluttered, not terribly cluttered, but cluttered enough. I have a notepad here. I have my desktop calendar. I have the mixer that I use to record the show. Um, I have some external USB devices that are usually plugged into my laptop, like an SD card reader, that kind of thing. All of that had to be cleaned off. And there was some wording in the the email that I got that made me feel like the entire room had to be barren and stark. And I talked to some other folks who had taken the exam before my day came, and they said, no, they're not quite that much of a stickler. I talked to some people that say if they had like, like a framed piece of art or something on the wall that had writing in it, like anything English language, they had to remove it. They had to pull it down because it could have been used for cheating in some way. Um, the example that I was given was he had a, a framed thing. It was like something his wife hung up that said love in it. And that's it. He had to take that down because it said something. Now, obviously, I've got this poster right here from Firefly, which has a lot of words written on it <laughs> It has the whole, uh, you can't take the stars from me, uh, thing that Malcolm says Mal, Mal right? Malcolm is
3: that? His
1: name Malcolm? Mal, yeah.
0: My God, I haven't, Malcolm, I have not seen that show in so long that I'm forgetting his name. I have to go watch it again. That's like a sin. All right. So anyway, um, they didn't make me take any of that down. It was all there when I scanned the room. I have a whiteboard over here, which has like some artwork from my kids on it. They, they didn't care about that. Uh, but they do say that you can't have anything like that within reach. Now, I've got conference badges hanging right over here that are absolutely within, within reach. They weren't a problem either. So, I, I don't know. It must depend on the proctor. So, uh, at any rate, that's kind of how the, how the room had to be and how the exam environment worked. So, um, those are all things you need to be aware of. And you'll, you'll get, when you register for one of these exams, you'll get an email that tells you all about all the things you can't have. And uh, I believe there was, was there a contact email in there to, to ask questions? I don't remember. There mm. might have been. Uh, and the boot ISO, once you get it burned to your USB stick, at any point between now and when your exam starts, you can pop it into your machine and boot off of it. Uh, and then there's a, uh, a built-in environment test that you can run which will check to see if you have webcams, and it'll check your bandwidth, and it'll check that the hardware in your machine is up to snuff, that you have enough memory and all that stuff. I think it was like 4 gig of memory you were supposed to have. Uh, you have to have enough bandwidth, of course, to connect to the remote exam. And it tests all that, and it tells you if anything fails. Uh, the only thing... there was something I thought... What was it? There was something that failed on mine that I had to retest. I can't remember what it was. But it gives you an option to retest. If something fails and you're like, oh, crap, that's because I had unplugged my Ethernet cable and I was on wireless or whatever, uh, you can then reconnect that and retest it. So it's it's set up, you know, so that failure isn't the end of the day. Um, And you could, like I said, you can do that whenever you want. I did it one day before the exam. They recommend you do it within three days of your exam so that the environment doesn't have a chance to change, right? So if I tested it today and my exam was three weeks from now, you know, a tree could fall on my... On, on the lines in front of my house and degrade my internet service or something or cut it out completely. That's obvious. but you know how there's damage it'll slow things down on you. Something like that could happen in between and they, you know you want to have as little uh, as little chance of something like that happening as possible between when you did the test and when you uh, when you actually go to take the exam. So I think that's about all there is to say about the, the remote environment. Mark or, or Jason did you have any uh, commentary or questions about all that crap I just rattled off
2: I I'm exhausted by your exam preparation and don't want to take the exam
1: right
0: that, yeah I mean I don't blame you so that, there's that, that's the whole I reason to clean I wanted my to, office it's the whole reason I wanted to talk about it on the show because there's things you don't think about and they didn't exactly blindside me I sort of figured that there was going to be some strict uh regulations we had to follow to in order to to to, to to carry out the exam without, without, uh, the chance of cheating. But, um, I don't know. It felt even stricter than I thought it was going to be. So.
1: I feel like I'd have to go take it in the crapper or something. I was,
0: I was really tempted. I was like, like Saturday or even Friday while I was working, I'm like, should I just go down to my garage and set up a desk and a chair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, because you know my garage is my garage. There's, there's no technology at all around me except tools and my welder and stuff like that. Uh, but I could have like hung sheets up or something. I don't know. I was I was tempted to go that far. And then uh, when I talked to that coworker who had already taken it, and they were telling me about how it's really not quite that strict, uh, I felt like all right, I think I can make my my office pass. And I just took everything, literally everything from my desk. I piled in the corner here in front of the futon, in the front of my futon. So if, if those of you in the live stream can see there's a futon behind me, those of you who have never watched the live stream or watched any of our videos have no idea there's a futon behind me, but there's a futon behind me. (laughs) So I put all my stuff either on the futon or like on the, in the corner down here. Um, I had a bunch of stuff on, there's like a filing cabinet next to my desk. I had a bunch of stuff there that was just kind of out of reach. I put my desk in standing mode because I find that I think better when I'm standing anyway. Uh, I took the whole exam standing, which I don't know if that's a, credit or a stupid mistake, but (laughs) that's what I did. Um, And like I said, the Proctor had no issues with the way I had things set up. Um, They do make you do things like show them your wrists and your hands. And I had to take off my wedding band and show him that it, I don't know, wasn't like some sort of encoded device or something. Uh, I couldn't wear my smartwatch. I couldn't have my cell phone. They want you to have it. They can have it. You can have it with you, but it has to be off but yet they ask you for a phone number in case they need to call you during the exam for some reason, like if you lost connectivity and they need to get a hold of you. So I don't know how they expect you to answer if your phone's off, (laughs) but that's one of the things they have you do. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much how to prep for, like physically prep for the exam. The curriculum on the RHCE for REL 8 has shifted from a... In my opinion, it has shifted from a Linux exam to an automation exam. Uh, it's really it. It's still related to the old RHCE in that you're performing tasks on RHEL systems similar to what you might have performed during the old RHCE, except now you have to do all of them with Ansible. When I heard, and that's something that's public. That's not. There's no secret there. That's something that was announced probably a year ago at this point when they announced the curriculum for the RHEL 8 RHCE. Uh, and this is because, in today's world, as a sysadmin, if you can't if you can't disconnect yourself from the old pets model, the pets versus cattle model, right? The old pets model of uh, of, of handcrafting all of your systems, you're probably not all that well prepared for the world that we currently live in, where everything's cloud, everything's designed to be built and destroyed, everything's all DevOpsy. Um, and of course, the automation platform that Red Hat has invested in is Ansible. So of course, the Red Hat exam is going to cover Ansible as the automation platform. So, yeah, it's not a puppet class. It's not a, a chef class. It's not a, what is that, salt stack? Is that other crazy one that people are using? Salt
1: is one of them, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it is an Ansible exam. Now, I can't tell you too much about what's on the, exa- on the exam itself, obviously because of NDA. I can tell you that I was not an Ansible person coming into this. And what I did to try to prepare for it was, you know, one, I had some exposure to Ansible a lot of sysadmins are probably in that boat where you know they're especially older sysadmins like us that have been doing it manually their whole career and automation you know you're talking the last 10 15 years is when automation was really popular or when it became popular ansible of course is what the last 6 7 years i don't know how old <laughs> the ansible I don't know how do how old the ansible project itself is uh but I find that sysadmins that are about my age or that have been in the industry for as long as me or longer uh, still have a tendency to fall back on just to do it instead of learn the automation tool and whether that's a fault or not uh, i i was I was I was uh, guilty of the same thing where at my previous job I had plenty of puppet automation. I had some ansible automation, but they always felt like just a nice to have they weren't a requirement they were a thing that was helpful uh, but I didn't depend on them as much as maybe I should have so coming into this I was not a I was not an ansible guy I had some ansible experience I had tinkered with it I knew it was the new the new cool thing uh, when I came to Red Hat I figured I'm gonna have to learn more ansible anyway because now I'm working at Red Hat and this is what you know we sort of suggest people you our whole software stack uh, is really getting more and more integrated with ansible so um, I took the RH-294 um, instructor-led online uh, uh, learning, which I thought was very well put together. It, it prepare, prepares you very well for the exam. So if you're if you're looking for training to take, that's a great place to start. Uh, if you're already familiar with Ansible and you just need to make sure you're going to cover all your bases, uh, the RH-294 class would do the job. It'll even take you from a very small amount of knowledge in Ansible to being ready for the exam pretty quickly, if you ask me. Um, yes, Mark, I see you're about to speak.
1: Permission <laughs> to micro rant?
0: You can micro rant if you like. It's
1: not going be to be a micro rant.
0: Because I, I may rant on the same thing, but go ahead.
1: So my first RHC and I'd actually love Jason's perspective on this because I don't know what certs he's ever gotten, but my first RHCE was RHEL 5. And I never took the RHEL 6, but then I got the RHEL 7 RHCE. And, and there's no danger of me violating the NDA because I can talk about topics that are on the requirements list for the exam. That's published on Red Hat's site. And so for the RHC part, there was always things like network bonding, and iSCSI, and setting up various server-type services and whatnot, and doing encrypted NFS server-based connections, stuff that was, the, 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 the way it was explained to me and the way the exam was laid out, RHCSA was about the client stuff, and the CE part was the setting up the actual server part. We had a perfectly acceptable Ansible course that count it towards the five exams required for your Red Hat certified architect that people could take if they wanted to dive into Ansible and what seems to have happened is that particular exam has been lifted and shifted much like someone lazily migrated a VM into Amazon <laughs> and turned in to the second half of the <clears throat> Rel8 RHCA
0: yeah but they probably lifted and shifted it with Ansible <laughs>
1: bite me. So, so to me with that, and and it's, unfortunately you can't give me a straight answer on this without violating the NDA possibly, but it would seem impossible to me that you could have covered the depth of technical know-how necessary that that second part of the cert required by pivoting to what was essentially the old Ansible course, because the friggin' requirements for the old Ansible course and RHCE or, you know, the, 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 rel eight RHCE are almost the same thing. And if I have red hatters who were listening to this and were offended by me, hit me up on G chat or something and we can talk as friends, but yeah, I think it's a loss. So I, I agree I, I with get, you. I get the business argument that red hat makes. I yeah. get that, that automation's important. It is. But I honestly think it, it, it's less demanding from a technical perspective, because you're missing out on stuff that I would expect. Uh, if if I have someone who's got the Rel Seven RHC versus the Rel Eight RHC, and I'm supposed to judge their skill set based on what cert they have, whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to assume the Rel Seven guy or gal knows more in-depth technical service stuff. Now I have the benefit of knowing you, and I know your skill sets are broader than just Ansible at that level. Does that rant even make sense? I yeah, so, so sorry. So go I'm ahead.
2: Jumping in here. I'm jumping in here. Damn
1: it. No, go ahead. You've been quiet.
0: I've talked a lot. I'm gonna drink some more beer.
2: So, so my my ret was I, I did it twice on Rel Five because um, Those companies well, are stupid. My, I remember this story. I bought a moron <laughs> in Rel Five RHC training a second time. Whatever. I passed it both times. It was it was uh, it was. I would say it's the one cert that I got that when I was done with it. I felt like I had accomplished something. It was hard, right? Yeah. Um, It was fun. I mean, it was, it was demanding. I've said the same thing. Not, Demand, demanding is a good word. I wouldn't say it was hard. If you, if you learned it, it wasn't overly difficult, but it was demanding. It was, you know, um, I don't know. How long does the NBA last? mean, it's been a decade, forever. Yeah, I think you're not
0: supposed to talk about it. Did you? So <laughs> the so, first rule about Red Hat Certified Engineers is yeah. no one talks so, about Red Hat Certified Engineers. So, it. All right. So I'll, I'll,
2: I'll, the, the it was broken into two sections. There was a build it section and there was a fix, fix it section. Right. Which and yes, I, and that was that was I, that I remember being on the list of crap that you had to know. And I. I I'm of the appeal, like Ansible's great and it's wonderful and you can build things very quickly with Ansible. And um, I mean, the one problem that I do have with Ansible and and having it as, as, you know, this RHCE exam is that I don't know that you need to know how to build something if you can just go find an Ansible playbook for it, right? It can just magically happen. I'll I'll say that coming into this
0: exam... (laughs) I was expecting sort of what you're leading toward, where it's going to be easy, quote unquote easy, because all I have to do is know how to write YAML and bring in roles and modules, and boom, everything's going to work. It's not quite that easy. And that's no, probably the I, best I can say is it's it's not quite that easy. Uh, having, the the level have, of stuff, the level of like tricky crap they throw at you in the RHCE, the old exam that you remember. Uh, imagine that, you know, translated to Ansible. It, right. it, it's um, not just write yaml and go
1: yeah <laughs> so you actually have to understand what's going on yeah. under right yeah right well can, then that's I okay can, and i haven't taken it yet i can
2: i can see where some of that may be used like i mean i don't know i, I just it, the the more important part to me was not um the I mean of the rce was not necessarily can you build a thing you know if i give you a, a piece of paper with a bunch of conditions on it can you make this thing hum. It was more of the, Hey, this thing is built and we broke it. Can you fix it? Because that to me was way more valuable. Yeah. Uh, And, and that's a, that's a time-based thing, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's very much a time-based thing because in the heat of things, when something goes down, you you know, it's not, you you don't have forever to fix it. Whereas, you know, building things you can learn as you do it.
0: The only thing I would say in argument for that, and this is not speaking for Red Hat at all or not speaking for anything I learned on the exam or in the training or anything, uh, but I'm just step taking a step back and trying to look objectively. And if you think about a world where nothing is meant to be persistent, being able to f- break fix isn't as important as it used to be.
1: I have customers who would soundly disagree with that.
0: Yeah, no, but imagine... Imagine you're not
1: even close to that world yet, dude.
0: Imagine you are a program team that's designing training. Not a sysadmin. Yeah. Right? Doesn't that then? not what I just say make a whole lot of sense? It it makes sense.
1: <laughs> but, but one thing that I've always admired about Red Hat is that for the most part, I'd like to believe that we understand what real people are actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and despite all the speeches about Cattle not pets. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you look still at, I have look the at My of words. accounts. Yeah. My accounts, and they're big companies that a lot of people would recognize. There's a lot of friggin' pets running around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so- oh I oh Josh just did one. I wanna be where the DevOps are. <laughs> I wanna be on the open shifting. <laughs> there we go. There is a little I t- I,
2: I, I will disagree somewhat with that. Because, yes, I, you know, while the ability to just nuke nuke it and press, you know, restart and have it build from scratch and redeploy it is wonderful. If you don't know how to fix it, mm-hmm. you don't know how the system works. Yeah, you don't no, know I'm, the underlying causes. Like I and said, hitting hitting restart every 10 seconds may keep that thing up and running with yeah. a, you know, a two-second outage, but it ain't going to fix the underlying problem. Well, you it's don't fail every 10 seconds
0: you don't hit restart you tell ansible how to hit restart <laughs> right but
2: well that's fine i mean but docker has the same problem right so i mean yeah. i talked to somebody you know when i when i first started out with docker and his big thing was like i don't care if my my app crashes and burns at all i have no it doesn't matter to me if it runs for 30 seconds and crashes and burns it doesn't matter because, because docker will start a up. docker's job to shoot that thing in the head and start a new copy of it and it handles making sure that the traffic goes to the copy that's running. Yeah. And, like, okay, I guess, but you're going to spend an awful lot of resources wasting time killing the process and restarting another machine, and you've got all that downtime, like, all that processing power. Like, how about fix your damn code?
1: That's, yeah. I mean, mean, yeah, that's valid. Just because you you can shoot in the head shooting it in the head, but then spawning a defective copy over and over again is is not a great plan, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a great plan to old school sysadmins, but 10 years from now, it may be the standard. That may be the way yeah. applications are run. Uh, I think we're going there.
1: <laughs> I think I, that's where I've, we're headed. I've been the guy who accidentally has a misconfigured application that OpenShift shift keeps trying to restart and it does it oh, a hundred, yeah. couple hundred times. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, blow me, this isn't running. You're, you're backing <laughs> off now, right? <laughs> off it's spectacular. It yeah. So, so yeah, yeah no, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm not advocating that we should be running bad code and, and hoping our automation keeps it up and running. That's not a great, I don't think it's a great way to do things, but I do think that it could be part of where we're headed.
1: So what I will say, cause I, I did say it in the YouTube chat. so for the people listening, Despite everything I ranted about, if Nate's right and you do need an understanding of what's going on in the operating system to do some of the work in the exam, then I I might absolutely be wrong. And I guess what I really should do is put my money where my mouth is and just take the damn thing myself because yeah. I need to re-up my certification anyway. <clears throat> and and as a Red Hatter, we do have a pretty big advantage in that it doesn't cost us anything.
0: Yeah, right. You can take that test a million times. But- <laughs> Once
2: upon a time, I have a job that makes me get inserts like this.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna keep trying to get you a job at Red Hat. Then the whole, then then we can try to get uh, get Charles to join playing. too, and then yeah, uh, then everybody. we can be an all Red Hat podcast. Uh,
1: maybe maybe <laughs> jo- Joshua can join Red. Oh wait, he already is. Yeah, That's right,
0: right. right. Yeah. Now you guys remember Charles? He was that other guy that never shows up.
2: I think my my entire (laughs) purpose of of uh, uh, applying for jobs at Red Hat is to shake loose the jobs that have been sitting around for a couple months that could be like, oh crap, somebody applied to that? Wait, we want the other guy and and close it real quick. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I promise we're not doing three months, but we've
2: decided to go with somebody else. No.
0: So at any rate, I guess back on task for just a moment. Um I will say that on our last show Just a moment. (laughs) <laughs> on, on our last show, um, i said I was preparing for the RHCE exam and then I found a uh, practice exam that was written by someone who's not a red hatter but did eventually take the exam. I think is what he said in his uh, his description of his, of his practice exam. That's going to be linked in the show notes. Um, I found it to be very accurate is the best I'm gonna say. It was a good it did a good job of preparing me. For the exam now i don't know if he's breaking nda by <laughs> by making the damn thing um and i and i hope i don't get in trouble for sharing it but it's out there on the internet and if you search for it you're going to find it anyway so um it was it's a good it's a good practice exam i did find there was some stuff on the test which is not in that practice exam and if it's uh if this exam is run like like i believe most red hat exams are run Uh, the, the tasks you're asked to do are pulled from a pool of tasks. They're not always going to be the same. If you took the the same exam three times in a row, you'd have three different sets of questions. I don't know anyone that's taken the same RHCE exam except Jason. So Jason, were they the same from the two, (laughs) the two times you took it? (laughs) That was back on Uh, five though. It could have been like, it could have been different then.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was a little bit different then. Um, the first half of it was basically the same thing. Um, there was not much that was different. the The fix it part was all, is was random. Like they told you, it was random. When, that's interesting. When you
1: yeah, I forget what we've shared publicly, so I'm neither going to confirm nor deny everything Nate said because I still like working for Red Hat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't mean, given I, anything away.
0: I'm just saying I, that the, the exam is, you know, I would. I don't think does. it's. I don't I think it's ex-
2: the same I, every time. I would expect this cha- the the questions to change. It's the only way to make a, an exam that, that people can take and that's yeah. going to be fair. Well really? it's
0: it's just another NDA. level of like you can you can throw NDA at people all you want. You you're always gonna mm-hmm. find someone who doesn't care about that NDA and they're gonna go ahead and make themselves a, a cheat sheet and, and sell it or something, right? Sure, Probably. they'll get in trouble. Maybe they'll 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 nullify their certification, but maybe they don't care. So another wow. another level of that is to make it so the exam is hard to clone by making it random.
1: Right. As a as a moderator on the Red Hat subreddit, I can tell you there are some people who do not care about the NDA.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. And, and it's, I'm sure. it's, not, it's not, it's not incredibly easy to prove that you've broken the NDA anyway. I mean, you have to prove intent and you have to prove that the, all those things were attributed to that person. Right. Like, you yeah. know, short like of getting on posting podcast, on Reddit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Short, right. Sort of putting on a podcast and showing my face and telling you exactly what's on the exam. Like, yeah, know,
0: right. Right. If I went through and told you all the things I did on the exam, that'd be different. But I'm, I'm right. one, I don't know if I could recite them all again because it was such a, I guess that's actually a good a good segue into the next topic. So um, it took me the full time limit to get through the exam. I've never had to exhaust the entire time limit on a Red Hat exam because of all the experience that I have. When I took my RHCE and RHCSA on RHEL 6, I finished them, probably each of them, in about half the time I was allotted. Right? Now, sure, I could have sat there and poured over everything again or whatever, used more time, uh, but I did it the way I did it, and I passed them both, and it was fine. When I took my RHCSA back in February. I used, I forget what the time limit was, but I used less than the time limit to the point where the proctor, when I told him I thought I was done, said, are you sure? <laughs> right? Maybe they tell that to everybody. I don't know. But he basically said, you sure you don't want to check over everything again? And I probably should have because there was some stuff I missed that I swore I got right. uh, And maybe I could have uh, gotten a better score. But again, I passed. With this one, it took me the full time limit. And I got, I'm almost ashamed to say this, I got a zero on two of the segments. Because I just completely blanked. Again, because of the amount of time between when I took the training and when I took the exam. Uh, and even the pretest, the test the practice exam that I just said was so good it did not cover these all that well. So they were two things and they were based on well yeah, this is part of the requirements ansible templating is a thing that I, I struggle with um, maybe not struggle with I don't I've I don't I've, I don't think I've ever used it outside of the training and the exam uh, and I just I completely blanked on how to use this stuff and uh, I got some of it uh, in a different section, but on the section that really mattered related to that topic, I got a complete zero because I I just could not remember it. And there was one other that I'm not going to talk about because I don't think, I don't remember if it's in the requirements that are published. Um, but I got a zero on that one too, because again, it was a relatively simple task, right? But I couldn't remember how to do it. And I was in like the last 15 minutes and like a light bulb went off or I found an example in the documentation, um, and I just didn't have time to execute on it. So even with that, two sections were zeros. I still passed. And um, that's because I did well enough on the rest of it. Uh, stuff that was, you know, stuff that I could remember how to do. So uh, the, the exam is no joke. It's, um, I went into it with a mix of feelings. One that I was underprepared because I didn't know Ansible all that well. And the other, how hard can this be? It's all just an automation exam, right? And the two of those came together in this sort of medium place, and I had underestimated. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. So uh, don't, you know, take it seriously. Don't don't think you're going to cruise through this because it's just an automation exam. It's harder than you think it's going to be, especially if you don't have uh, a strong Ansible background, which, like I said, I I don't. The training the training prepared me. So if you, if you don't have a strong ansible background, take the training or take some training. It doesn't have to be Red Hat training, although I think the Red Hat training leads perfectly into it because the Red Hat training knows what's on the exam, right? <laughs> I would think. <laughs> but the Red Hat training pr- would have prepared me very well if I had taken it, if I'd taken the exam closer to when the, the training was. So uh, take that into consideration unless you're going to be diligent and, and do a lot of practice in between Make sure you take your exam close to when you take your training, if you take the
1: training. That's super important advice. that the, the don't don't let there be a time gap. I think. Yeah. That's. Really
0: there was there was almost two months. I think. I think I took the training Ugh. in June ish or July. Was it mid July? And I didn't take the exam till the end of August. So. Lots of time. And let's see, is there anything else to talk about on this subject? Oh, the thing that I really think, you know, we talk quite a bit about whether it's still an RHCE exam because it's now Ansible. Um, If, and, and I'm sure smarter people than me have gone through and decided why the curriculum is the way it is. But what I would love to see, so, you know, if someone from Red Hat Training is listening, what I would love to see is, so we still have the RHCSA, which as far as I can tell, was largely unchanged, right? It's just updated for REL8. And now we have the RHCE, which is completely obliterated and different than it used to be. I think what would have made more sense, uh, so there were some pretty basic things that you can do with Ansible that were covered in the RHCE exam. And there were some pretty advanced things you can do with Ansible that are covered in the RHCE exam. What I'd love to see is a blending of the current RHCE and the old RHCE and RHCSA training, right? I think the RHCSA should incorporate some simpler Ansible tasks and some of the old school tasks that you do now. And the RHCE should incorporate some of the more advanced Ansible tasks and some of the more advanced system administration tasks that we had on the old RHCE. I think that would be a great happy medium. And I don't know what you two think about that idea, but I think Personally, I would have a lot more, and maybe I'm just saying this because I think I would I would have done better on the old RHCE curriculum than I did on the Ansible curriculum. <laughs> but I think that would be a better place to land than where we've landed with the current RHCE.
1: I think that would help ease into it like an old man eases into a bathtub.
0: That was about the cleanest way I thought that was going to (laughs) go. With the easing in. (laughs) And Josh, I I see you in the chat. Yes, it is still a challenging exam. I was not trying to say that it was not a challenging exam. I'm saying that the old exam covered a lot of really important things that sysadmins should know that the new RHCE does not cover.
2: Yeah, I I think... I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just an old curmudgeon at this point, but I mean get off my lawn. I think having (laughs) Ansible as a separate cert is better. I I, I really think that the RHCE should be focused on how the system works. Yeah, so the 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 only reason I the only reason I ham and haw here is I do
0: agree with the stance that automation is becoming more and more important.
1: I do as well. So I think
0: automation should I, I be think, part of the RHC essay and CE curriculum. I think that in order to have a CE curru- right. CE cert, you should have some automation under your belt, but it shouldn't be the whole focus. There sh- right. should be a piece to, of it. Yeah.
1: yeah, part of it used to be bash scripting at the yeah. end.
0: Yeah, there was some bash scripting stuff, which is kind of like automation from before the time when we yeah, had I mean, Ansible.
2: My, my RHCE had bash scripting whether they wanted it or not because it made Yeah, lot, right. right? So like, you know, I, I think, I, I don't think having... I, I think the option should be there and, and there should definitely be a topic of Ansible in in the RET. I don't think it should be solely focused on Ansible because, you know, hey, Red Hat, you're losing money by not having an Ansible shirt now. But, you know, then there's, there's people that don't want 100 certs and they won't continue down that road anyway so I mean not call the marketing thing
0: you you could say that I'm biased because of where I work but I do not think that Red Hat certifications in any way are a money making thing yes they probably make money I don't think they're designed with the idea that they that we can make money off of certification
2: Red Hat I will say I, I don't think is a money making scheme other companies <laughs> Let's go um definitely, definitely. <laughs> Their ridiculous certificates, you know, Hey, let's take this cert and break it into 10 individual certs. Like, come on, like get real. But, um, you know, and there's definitely certs that are out there that are a hundred percent about making money. I mean, ISC squared is a perfect example of this. The cert is garbage, but you know, yet it costs thousands of dollars to get it and, and thousands of dollars a year to keep it. Ew. Ew. And yeah, I'll call them out because I think they're scumbags. Um, Red Hat Cert is decent. I, I I was proud of getting my RHCE, and I would love to do it again. I don't want to pay for it, but I would love to do it again. Um, I just I I'm I don't know. I, it just it rubs me wrong to say that you know the whole focus should be Ansible now. I, I think I think they're missing out on you know like I RHCSA doesn't focus on Automation at all, right? That's just client
0: stuff. CSA. It's all like
1: it's a lot of fundamental Linux assets. Yeah, stuff. I mean
0: it's it's system and stuff is not the just requir- client.
1: Yeah, yeah. The requirements are out there on the web, legit. And no, there's no automation in there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's,
0: it's like the basics, like the stuff I, you need to know to set up a server. Like how to make like users. stuff? How do
1: I mount how a share? Set up and groups
0: and permissions, permissions. And yeah. Yeah. I put
1: this.
2: I put this in the chat. Back in my day, there was no RHCSA. You got the RHCE, and they liked it. Well, wasn't it RHCT or something?
0: Red Hat Certified Technician came before uh, CE got, in the five
1: days. Su- you got something if you if you only pass the first part.
2: Oh, I, I don't know. I was okay. I I, 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 remember, I remember
1: that from REL 5. uh five.
2: Uh, training and exam. Period. There yeah. was no other thing. So I think somebody else mentioned that you get like like just because you went to the training, you got like a, a participation trophy. <laughs> well, hang that so on I your fir- wall. <laughs> yeah.
1: When I first did REL five. It was the, you know, class Monday through Thursday and then the exam on that Friday. One dude, the the one of the dudes, like within the first five minutes of the exam, just got up and walked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He well, was... we, we know a guy, Mark, that we work with who said that he, he walked in to do his, what was his, was it his CE? And he said in the first couple minutes, he knew he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to get it because his brain just wasn't working the way it needed to. And he mm-hmm. he just got up and left. <laughs> so I, I could see that happening. Uh, but yeah, when I took my CE on RHEL 6, um, anyone who's taken it knows that there is a, there's like a gatekeeper <laughs> that you have to pass Hard be- stop. before to you zero. can take the exam. And if you don't pass that, you can't. You literally cannot take your exam. Oh, what's Yay. this? Red Hat Certified Engineer, Red Hat Linux 7.3. What? I thought you said you had it at...
2: Yeah, I, I had it at five. Apparently, I had it at seven. I don't
0: know. As well, seven. Did you get it after you left the college then?
2: But it's two thousand two. No, I mean, how the hell did I get seven three in two thousand two? Right, because oh, that's no, that's
1: not RHEL. That's, that's Red, Red Hat, Hat Linux.
2: Linux. Yeah. Wow, that's an yeah, old one. <laughs> I did RHEL is what I know. I did a RHEL. Yeah. As
1: Probably did RHEL five after that. Maybe that's what it was because the
2: I remember the. I distinctly remember getting a copy of Red Hat Enterprise Linux to install on like you got the box with the discs yeah. and everything in it.
1: Um, I thought you were 5, Rel I five you, was on, yeah RHEL five was on a physical box. You had I, a you had a you had a three eighty six, I think, or a four eighty six yeah, tower. I,
0: I thought yeah, you, you certified on rel I thought you certified on rel four, Jason.
2: No, I never I've never I've never really used rel four. Rel five was Enterprise five was the first one I really used. I thought we had four.
0: There were at that four. ISP we were working at. I thought you were managing uh, rel four boxes.
2: No. No, they were five. No, that was that was that was this. That was seven three. No. Yes. Huh. Yes. Well, and maybe. Then, and then and then uh, Enterprise Linux five ish. I mean, I, I swear I went to training for five. But yeah, that was my in two thousand two. That was my my certificate. You know, I still have it framed, and it's pretty and, and you know whatever.
1: But and that would have been right because my framed I f- here somewhere. I think it's down there. When I first went to the Linux group at Merck, it was two thousand and four, we and we're using SLES, and then we pivoted to RHEL four after a couple of years of SLES.
2: Oh, SLES. I'm sorry.
1: Well, they had been mm-hmm. using Red Hat, but then. No, what well, I don't even remember what it was what it must have been Novell at that point. They came in and it was cheaper.
0: Novell was on SLES, yes.
1: It was cheaper okay. because they only
2: allowed you to have one kernel installed at a time.
1: Yep. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> right. But that was when Linux at Merck was was just a bunch of web servers on pizza boxes, and that was it. You didn't do yeah. anything other any, anything sexier than that.
2: Yeah. yeah well, we we moved the college, well, you moved the college from uh, NetWare to slez no and that then, was that
0: wasn't really me i mean i was there for
2: it but that was all rob and then then we had the the problem where every time we updated slez uh uh the, the machines would crash and burn because ultimately something was wrong with the new kernel oh and, no you know, of course like any linux box you just fall back to the old ker- oh crap it deleted it yeah like default upgrade yeah, i don't know. I don't know if In that was kernel delete old kernel.
0: Yeah, like no more net. It was just like, here's your new kernel. We're gonna remove the old one for you. you Got to keep the system clean, right?
1: <laughs> Can't we just keep the old guy around for one reboot? Maybe yeah, no. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually had to
0: write. I remember this. I I, I wrote up a quick a, a dirty bash script that would back up the kernel to a safe place. And then you could do your upgrade, and then you run it again. It would put it back into Grub, and it would put it back into where it had to be in case you had to boot from the damn thing.
1: <laughs> was it Grub or Lilo? It was Grub. No, it's Grub. It's this was Grub. Weird. It was
0: Grub two. In fact, they were on Grub two before Rel was. Rel was still on Grub. Okay. In the, in that day, that that was that was Rel five. I think it was five still yeah, on Grub.
2: Red Hat Linux. I, I want to say we were using Grub as well. Yeah, I think Grub 2
0: came with Rails. Rel... I mean, no, it was Rails 6. So Rails 7 had Grub yeah. 2. It
2: was, it was Lilo for the installer, but it yeah. Was still... yeah. yeah.
1: Because when Lilo didn't like things, it would often stop at Leh. leh.
2: <laughs> that
0: was how you knew that it only half it ne- loaded. It never got the install <laughs> out. The second out. half of it was in like the next stage right. or something. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was like by design, it was like yeah. that on purpose. <laughs>
1: it's, it's only got left in the upper left-hand corner it's it's the le. oh your state one is failing oh okay
0: i got to my left prompt <laughs> where's the low so anyway um that those are my thoughts on rhc i i i mean i i still i'll i'll say that this exam I, I have the same stance that you do jason where i found my rhce exam on rel 6 and my rhcsa exam on rel 6 and on rel 8 um, to be enjoyable, they were actually fun. They were a challenge. You you got to like really test your skills. I found the RHCE on RHEL eight to just be stressful, and I think that's it's just because I didn't know Ansible as well uh, as I know Linux, right? So I'm not saying that it's not a good exam. I'm not saying that it's not challenging. I'm saying it. it I didn't enjoy it like I did the old exam. And again, that's a me thing. You know, that's
2: just me. Your job you know. depends on it and everything. I mean there's no stress there. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. The last time I took it, there was no like there was no like this is a requirement of your job. This is a thing for, for betterment. I didn't think that I was gonna get canned if I didn't pass the RHC exam <laughs> this time, but uh no. um so there, there really wasn't a lot of stress there anyway, from from that perspective. But it was uh I don't know. I just the whole thing was a lot more anxious than I remember the RHCE and RHCSA being. Okay. So I think that's all I have to say about that. And I think with that, we will go to a break. It sounds like my kids just got home from dance class and they're running up and down
2: the hallway screaming. So,
1: <laughs> Oh, so they're due to pop in at any moment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they may just, you're, just jump in a video at any call second with me. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. Another reason why I can't take an, uh, a, a cert exam at home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. My, 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 no son, lie. my son is in college and has to deal with this crap and has had to deal with this crap over the summer and has to deal with it now. And, you know, he is more stressed out about getting a zero on his exam because he turned his head because somebody came to his door than he is about passing the test. Yeah. Which is, I'm sorry, at this point, you've done something wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie there. There was a bit of anxiety around that. Um, And I have a tendency and this would have happened at a kiosk, too. I have a tendency of sort of talking to myself when I'm working through a problem. Can't do that on the exam. Uh, because oh. they, they're listening one and they can see you. So if you say something, and this happened to me once during the exam, I said something loud enough that he, um, that he heard me and he said, there's no talking on the exam. And I got in the chat cause you can chat with the proctor. I got in the chat and I said, I'm sorry. I just, I had, I have a tendency of talking to myself when I'm working through a problem. I'll try to stop. Um, but yeah, there was also a point where my my youngest daughter was banging on the door because she wanted something from me, and I just had to completely ignore her. And either he didn't hear her or he understood. You know, you're at home, there's kids, whatever. I'm sorry, uh, but he didn't uh, he didn't make me stop. So
2: yeah, I don't know. I I think I think I would be fine right up until the first time I got yelled at, and then I would spend the rest of the exam ignoring the exam and making as many nasty body noises as I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <so. laughs> All right. I, I, that stuff drives me nuts. I, I can't yeah, take Yeah, but I mean- that, you,
0: I think it's ridiculous. You, you, I get it though, right? What if someone's hiding in my closet whispering answers to me?
2: Oh no, you don't know the answers to the question and you cheated. And now you yeah. have a certificate that says that you know something that you don't, which means you'll get a job knowing something that you don't and yeah. no one will ever find out that you don't know what you're supposed to know. Hmm. <laughs> I know, this might be
0: Okay, well, yeah. right. so so then there's an employer that hired an RHCE and says this guy doesn't know Jack. The RHCE's not worth anything because he doesn't know you cheated.
2: Well, I'm sorry, the employer's a shitty employer. Yeah. Maybe the employer should be doing more than going. Listen, have... they went to college and they've got these 12 certifications. They're a God. I'm gonna hire them right away. Have you Have you ever worked for an employer? Because I
0: think you know exactly why this is important.
2: I've done a a bunch of hiring where I've looked at it and and they have if you have a cert. Yeah, but you're you're the expect me to ask questions.
0: You're the exception, not the rule is is all I'm saying. There's a lot of employers out there that either don't know or don't care what you know. Uh, and they need to see the, the certifications. And if they find that there's a bunch of people that come through with a certain cert and those people don't actually know what the cert says they know, they're going to start losing faith in the cert. Right.
2: And that is causing more and more laziness throughout everything, which causes more and more of these ridiculous situations where people can get away with murder.
0: I don't disagree with you.
2: I, I you I mean, know. <laughs>
0: I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, this, I don't disagree I with problem
2: you. problem at the college too, where like, you know what? Oh no, you didn't catch, like, so what if they they cheated on the exam? They're gonna get caught down the line. End yeah. of story. Yeah. Right. They're going to get caught. There's no chance they're not, because everything builds on it on, on the stuff that you've already learned. So, but whatever.
0: All right. So on this episode of Ranting with Jason, <laughs> we're gonna move along into but our break. Rants with Jasons are fun. Right. They are. They are fun. So, and that's why that's why people are here. I'm sure. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, in not too long, and we will pick up with our chat and the news, and we'll see you all then. Let's talk about Rust, September 15th at the Live at Manning conference. In one rustful day, go from ways to learn it and where and how to use it. From game development to aerospace and beyond. Right from the pincers of expert rustations. Check the show notes of this show to find out more. And we're back. Ah. Jason has been replaced by a bandit in a mask
2: yes
1: (laughs) I am the mask we we apparently need to kill 10 of him for a quest or something
0: yeah (laughs) that's exactly what that looks like
1: (laughs) I feel like no Uh. do you drop any good loot?
0: (laughs) I hope so (laughs) you wish (laughs)
1: Where's the loot?
0: Uh, this makes for great uh, great audio podcasting, doesn't it? People are like, what do, you, what do you mean? A bandit in a mask. Jason's having a very good time with some new feature of Zoom that lets you play with essentially what are Snapchat filters.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> like having Snapchat without Snapchat. Yeah, right. Makes it that much better. I, 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 <laughs>
0: I'm wow. always like, so think about a, a millennia from now, right? Human race is gone, and aliens have come to the planet to to figure out what happened to humanity, right? In the barren wasteland that is uh, that is now the Earth, right? And they come across all of our social media records or something, right? Stored in some ancient hard drive somewhere. And what they find are a bunch of pictures of like girls making duck faces and people with puppy ears on their heads. And they're like, "What? What is this? Some sort of advanced animal race?"
1: <laughs> I sure hope the the screaming women and the cat meme is around. Oh, when, I they, when they come by because that What's meme the, just delivers.
2: It's, it's the old Pepsi commercial where you know they were they were. I think it was Pepsi. They pick up the 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 electric guitar and they're they're like, "What was this?" And they're like, "Oh, they used to they used to hit this and and people would scream in agony." There was, and
0: I'm already on a tangent, but there was a show on Netflix. And I say was as though it doesn't exist anymore. There is a show on Netflix.
1: Well, sometimes uh, they vanish. You
0: know called, that, right? It's called. It's called like Love, Death, and Robots. Or... Oh my God,
1: it's so good! Isn't Love, it death, though? And it's so yeah. good. Yeah.
0: So, so, or, or, like, like, robots, sex, and death, or something like that. I forgot no, what it Love, was. No, it's Love, Death, and Robots. Love, you Death, nailed and Robots. It. I nailed Love it. Love, Death, right. and okay. Robots. Okay, yeah,
1: so.
2: There's a. What? There's a second. There's a second season. I mean, they're 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 little vignettes, but yeah. A so
0: they're coming. they're they're a series in the same way the Animatrix, if you remember, the Animatrix was a series, right? They're kind of related in theme, but they're not the same. It's not like a continuing story, or even done by the same animators. They're all like so, little little guys.
1: All right, so old guy reference the movie Heavy Metal.
0: Yeah, Heavy Metal was similar. uh so anyway the whole the thing that made it pop into my head was the episode where there's those three robots walking around an an extinct society right where there's like skeletons everywhere people dead because something some event had happened and all that survived were the robots that were that were uh serving humanity right and now they are the civilization and they're like on a tour through some abandoned city right and they're like making all these weird guesses about all of the different technologies that they're finding laying around
1: none um, of the gases which are correct none
0: of them were correct and one Might of the ro- close. one of the robots was descended from an xbox <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> they find an xbox and they're like this is your ancestor <laughs> Yeah. and uh what was it a cat they found a cat yeah and they completely they, they're like they're like terrified of the thing like it's this wild beast and then they're going on about this story about how the cat's caused the death of society or no, that cats would explode if you didn't pet them or something
3: like that. It was <laughs> they're like pet them.
0: they're like don't if you stop petting it it'll explode. It was good.
3: Yeah.
0: A good I'm not even sure if I finished all of them. I watched Did I watch all of them?
1: They were good. I, I might have binged good. it. I I seriously might have binged the whole thing in one weekend.
0: Yeah, in a day. They're short episodes too, but there's they a bunch short. of them. There's a bunch. Yeah, of it's it's yeah. good. So uh yeah, we'll have to look that up and add it to the show notes for anyone that hasn't seen it. Love, death, and robots on Netflix. Good stuff. I don't know if can you link Netflix. In a, I don't think you can direct link
1: mm-hmm. Netflix. You know what? If you're listening to the podcast and you don't know how to type "Love, Death, and Robots" into <laughs> your search <laughs> engine of choice, you don't get to watch it. Yeah, and right. Have, That's all there is you, to it. It's on Netflix
0: it's on netflix if you can't search netflix for this show then open up the
1: netflix and look for the keyword love and avoid all the sappy romantic comedies
0: you could maybe search for death and robots you could you wouldn't find any sappy uh romance comedies comedies you'd be surprised (laughs) for death and robots
1: (laughs) Mm, you might be surprised
0: uh hey i just realized what i forgot to do before the show started what's that collect our patrons I don't mm. have a list of patrons in, in our announcements tonight. I'm sorry, folks. I can't read off the list because I don't have it in front of me. I suppose I could get it now, but that's just a complete waste mm-hmm. of time. It'll be in the credits as long as they work. So <laughs> you See can watch the credits. Patrons, you're you a waste watch. of time now. Well, I don't think
1: that's what Nate meant, though.
0: It, uh, it will be included in the show notes. I'll get them before I post the show to Libsyn. So the show notes will include all of the patrons, uh, regardless of the fact that I forgot to include your names in the uh, in the show tonight. Uh, we appreciate you all. Um, I think our latest payment from Patreon was something in the '80s. So uh, good one stuff. Of my
1: fi- yeah, one of my favorite decades, the what '80s.
0: Of, yeah, well, it was the, the decade I was born in, so that's a good, good, uh, good start.
1: Oh, great! I got out of high school in '85. Damn it. <laughs> whippersnapper I mean I was born in the
0: very early 80s <laughs> like you don't get much earlier in the 80s than when I was born okay I'll but, give you uh, that right so I don't I, I have I have no part of the 70s though I'm sorry
1: <laughs> well as someone who lived through the 70s and sort of knew it was going on you, you you were born at a good time born at a better time I just put it that way The, yeah. 80s, the '80s. 70s were, were the 70s were like some giant hangover from the 60s in a lot of ways <laughs> oh Oh. So,
0: at any rate, there's like 15 or 16 patrons, and we appreciate each and every one of you, and I will be damn certain to put your names in the show notes before it goes before it gets published. So, thank you for, uh, for anything that you're giving.
1: Do our loyal patrons know what their loyal giving has led to?
0: Uh, not yet, but I will definitely man- mention that after I mention that if you want to give to the show in a way that isn't just money leaving your bank account every month, Uh, You can do so by buying Iron Sissabin merch on Teespring. There's a Teespring shop set up. Still there. The link is in the show notes. Teespring.com slash stores slash Iron Or I think I've got a link to it in the menu on IronSissabin.com. You can get T-shirts and mugs and phone cases for God knows what model of phone. Um, Should I put face masks on there?
1: Maybe. (laughs) And, And I know how you're using the teenage girl version by calling it merch.
0: Merch. Yeah, well, you know. That's what you do, Sorry. merch. Because
1: you are hip. Talk about the merch.
0: So, um, I, I guess I... For the uh, for the Jeep site that I run, I made these cool face masks with my logo on them. Aren't they cool? I could do this for Iron System and if anyone's interested in one. Except it would mm. be black instead of white. I don't know. If anyone's interested, they're like... At they're like the...
2: Face mask. What's that? It looks like a humongous face mask. It's
0: one of those that, it's it's a neck gaiter. It's not really a...
1: Oh, you mean the ones that they tell you oh, not to wear okay. anymore? Yeah. Oh, is that what they're saying now? Yeah, neck gaiters apparently kill Grandma now. They don't help Grandma, they kill her. <sighs> it's hard to keep up, right? It is hard to keep up. <laughs>
2: Wait, I can't remember if it's good or bad that Grandma died.
1: Uh, that okay grandma, most That's of the right? time you want to keep Grandma alive, but sometimes she's a real alive? bitch so yeah it really depends uh,
2: you know, i can't uh, it depends on which side of twitter i'm on yeah sometimes sacrificing grandma is okay as long as it's for the greater good
0: it varies so anyway these are the face masks that i have and i'll probably keep wearing them <laughs> i'm sorry folks if that makes me an asshole uh, but no
2: it, it doesn't because <laughs> it might change again so away from this conversation so
0: honestly the the reason i i have i i always had face masks like that because i'd use them for things like when i'm out in the jeep and it's dusty i put it over my face to help cut down on some of the dust sure it's not nearly as good as wearing an actual respirator of course but it's better than nothing <laughs> so um yeah. i actually i made them for the jeep channel because that's the use case it just happens actually, that
1: for, you know i think for COVID they are nothing actually would be better for COVID. Compared to a gator, but the, let's not go down that deep rabbit hole. Yeah, maybe we're we nice. Maybe we and, won't. <laughs> and not everything has to be about COVID. Not too. everything, I mean, right? If you're in your Jeep and you want to put one on to prevent the dust, that sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, but now if you do that, you're going to get judged. Oh, look,
1: he's wearing a mask in his car. I think the people who are judging people about the masking, well, if you're Jeeping, I would think people would understand that you're trying to keep dust out yeah, of your throat. I would hope. And and Facebook Karen is probably not jeeping with you.
0: She's not going to know. Yeah, you're right. No, she won't. You're right.
2: Know. No, but she's judging you about jeeping.
0: Probably. She wants to talk to yeah, him. it's killing but... the environment.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, the other cool announcement that we have, aside from you know me having net for my YouTube channel, is uh, that thing we've been saving up for. weeks? Months? Months, actually. It's been probably six months, I think, since I started saving up the money for this thing. Don't pick it
2: up and show it on camera. You'll disconnect Yeah, right. (laughs) No,
0: but I can can pick up the camera and show you guys. So, right here on my desk is this cool lit up blinky box, which is our new mixer. There's
2: three blue buttons and two purple buttons.
1: What the hell?
0: No, the purple button still does this. I don't hear anything. I hear it. You have to hear it. It's coming through the same mixer my mic is. There's no way you don't hear it. (laughs) I heard it. (laughs) it He's just getting old, I guess. He's just getting old. He can't hear it. Uh, Can we do the ear test? Yeah, right, right. Um, Raise your other hand. (laughs) So after all that saving, I finally was able to throw $640 at the podcast and buy the Roadcaster Pro. Uh, Rode is a company that makes audio gear. I will probably be buying one of their mics soon because this mic is on the fritz. Uh, luckily, if I don't touch it. It doesn't seem to have a problem. But before this show, I was worried I wasn't going to have a mic because I couldn't get the damn thing to work. It, like, cuts out on me. It There seems to be some weird connection problem down here in the base of the mic that if you, like, slap it enough times, it works again. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so, and it's the same mic that Jason has. You don't have any problems with yours, I assume. Uh... Not that I know of. I didn't think so. But Jason so. also
1: probably doesn't slap his mic around. Maybe so. that's yeah.
0: it. Maybe I've slapped my uh, mic too many times.
1: Is that what the uh, kids are calling that nowadays, by the way? Slap anyway. the mic. Uh,
0: yeah, right. Uh, so I
1: mean, this, this mic made its appearance
2: on Hope for two two separate uh, talks this year, too. So
0: That's cool. That's cool. Nice. So, yeah, at any rate, um, I'll probably get... Rode makes a, makes a mic that uh, this mixer actually has a preset for, which will make it sound awesome, supposedly. And it's about the same price as any other mic, so I'm probably going to get one of them. Um, I use Rode for the camera mic I use for my YouTube stuff, and that's what introduced me to the to the brand. And they're they're pretty good stuff. Um, I don't know if they're like high end, crazy high quality stuff, but they're good podcast level stuff. So, so I will probably get one of them in the next couple months. But uh, yeah, so yeah, we have the new the new mixer, and it's pretty cool. Um, it does stuff like and I haven't played with some of this but it'll do like multi-channel output that I can pipe directly into something like Adobe Audition on my laptop and then I can get like several channel out which will make mixing the podcast easier or at least I don't know about easier it's technically more challenging but uh, it gives me more options Um, I'm not doing that because (laughs) I didn't want to make things too complicated on show night but uh it's got a built-in recorder it's got this that big red button you saw at the top of it that was bright red that's the record button lets me know that i've actually not forgotten to hit the button to record the show uh and it saved us tonight because right as i was hitting the go live button i hit the record button because i realized i was not recording (laughs) so anyway it's got a built-in soundboard so like it came with built-in sounds like like this one which you've probably heard on other podcasts that maybe also how's use our, the Rodecaster Pro.
1: How's our studio audience feel about this pot? How about this mixer?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's hear it from the studio audience. How do we sound tonight? Do we sound good? Everyone, uh, we at the beginning of the stream we had some some comments that we were uh, kind of low. Oh, no, dude,
1: dude, dude, dude! You were supposed to press one of the soundboard buttons.
0: Oh, you want? I get it. I don't know which button it is. Is it this one?
1: There you go. The
0: crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. Uh, we'll edit that later. Yeah. We want it. What? Who is? Someone is, is calling. Is that the sound or your phone? That's.
2: There's, there's an incoming phone call. God there's...
0: knows. There's too many devices in this room. That sounded like a Facebook phone call. But I... <laughs> why anybody does phone calls through Facebook? I don't know. I don't know either.
2: So, so that Mark can get all of the audio and know what's going on in your life. Huh? How else would Mark Zuckerberg know everything that's going on in your life? If you... Oh,
0: you're right. Oh. If, if you're not making phone calls through uh, through Facebook. Hi.
2: It's very important to the Facebook, al- Facebook algorithm that you do all of your phone calls, instant messages, emails, etc. through Facebook.
0: Right. Right. So at any rate, we've got the mixer now, and I'm very happy for that. <laughs> I see Josh complaining about how short our break was.
1: In the chat. <laughs> I don't know if that was a complaint so much as astonishment.
0: Yeah, he's probably right. Well, you know, we didn't have crunchy snacks
2: this time. which we I don't didn't.
1: think I've ever heard Josh complain in my life.
2: You're probably right. He's a pretty easygoing guy. Easy-going That's okay. Guy. I, was, I was the exact opposite. You know, the whole like, wait, we're having breaks? Yeah, you
0: what? probably had no idea we were even going to have one because I don't think we had OBS no, set up the last time I've you were on.
2: Been, I've been on. <laughs> still funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's nice to be able to take a break in the middle.
2: All right, so that's
0: all the announcements I had. It turns out that uh, in that gap where we skipped a show,
2: there's that thing again. Besides, Delaware is happening this year. Is it? I'm going to pimp. Is it going to be online? Okay, so cool. It's going to be virtually. It's the 13th (laughs) 14th of November. Don't quote me. I'll get the links and stuff in there. We're in the process of building it right now. So uh, uh, we've, we've upped our meetings to weekly, and, and we, are, we are full speed ahead with uh, B-Sides Virtual.
0: Any ideas how you're going to execute on that? Is it going to be similar to what DEF CON was, or is it going to be uh, something well, totally different?
2: We have an all-in-one platform we're using, uh, which looks pretty good. So we, we spent some time trying to figure out how to do it. We didn't want to juggle. But basically, like all of the different conferences that we've seen you've got video through YouTube and some of the videos through this and some of the videos through that. And you've got the, the, the discord and there's the slacks and then there's the, the, you know, IRC, like everything's all over the place. We wanted a single platform to do everything. Um, and there's a couple of them out there. Um, and we settled on one and we are in the process of, of moving forward to build the, the virtual con. Um, first year doing the virtual con. So, you know, expect it to not be the best in the world, but uh, the, the plan is to make it better. And if it works out the way we want it to, um, this will end up being a partner, if you will, for future conferences. Uh, so we can do the in-person conference um, and still have all the virtual stuff going at the same time uh, and do the streaming and everything else. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're sort of trying to build for the future, if you will. So we do virtual this year because kind of have to, but in future years we do a physical conference with a virtual component. That's kind of cool. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that'll, if that'll be sticky or whether companies will be like, Oh, people aren't coming. well, and so, the expectation is that the virtual is free, so they're losing money. I'm well, just being I, super cynical right there for
2: Yeah, a it, it, we don't really care about that because B sides has been free for years. Yeah, B sides oh, is well, essentially true. free already. Yeah. that's
0: true. So, so the only the fee was for food, right? Yeah, basically and a t shirt.
2: Yep. Um, so the the way we're looking at it is um, as as the years have gone on, there's been more and more and more of a push to have live video during the conference. Yeah, And this is pretty much... I mean, I don't, I don't know about conferences that aren't um, security, although I'm seeing it in DevOps conferences too. There's a push to have all of your video streamed live online, at which point, like, you don't have to pay for the conference. All of it's available online. I find in-person conferences... I, I don't go for the, the content. Yep. I go for the networking. So, like, I will still pay to go for, to a conference because there's other reasons to be there. But... That said, you know we're thinking it. You know, is there a way that we can sort of advance that? And maybe take this as a as a leap forward, um, where we're not just streaming online, but where we have, you know, discussions online and everything sort of like put together in in a semi professional way. So, we'll you know we're playing and we'll we'll figure out what happens.
0: So I don't know if you heard any of our show from last week or two weeks ago when we had Josh and Heave Hacker on. Yes, we had Eve Hacker on, by the way. Yeah, I you, know. you, may, you may know or may not know. Uh, but we talked all about DEF CON and DEF CON Safe Mode, and we covered a lot of these topics about you know <laughs> online versus uh, live streaming versus um, in-person and the benefits of in-person. And we all pretty much unanimously agreed that we don't go to conferences to go to talks. We go to conferences for all the networking and all the people you get to meet and all the interesting things you get to be involved in. Um, and that's immensely more valuable, I think, than any talk you can go to, unless it's a talk where, you know, you want to interact with the person who's an expert on that topic, right? So if it's like a, a piece of software that you, you know, use, or if it's a technique, like, like the InfoSec conferences that that I've been to more often than anything else in the IT world, uh, you know, where it's like a technique you're trying to learn and you have questions for the person who's an expert on that. Um, yeah, so... I think all that to say, well, yeah, I agree with what you were just saying. That's
2: part of that's part of what we're trying to put together. Is is each uh, each talk has its own chat channel or chat stream or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, so the the expectation is that the, the speaker will be monitoring that channel or at least in that channel for a period of time, at least during their talk.
0: Right. Um, so you re-
1: outside of that as well.
0: <clears throat> so you record the talk, right? So the speaker is then able to answer questions during the talk.
1: Right. While they're recording, well, we,
0: is playing right.
2: We're hoping the speakers will do their talks live, but yes, the talks are recorded and oh. playable moving forward. So if you if you show up to the talk a half hour late, you can press a button and and join the talk at the beginning. Right, um, and still get in on the chat. So a platform like that has to cost something.
0: Are you? Yep. I, well, that's right. I guess you always had costs. Now they're just going to be different uh, costs. There's always always
2: costs. We depend on sponsorship to to take care of those costs. So sponsorship will take care of the costs. Okay, that makes sense. You know, moving forward, you know, hopefully this sticks, and this will be another level of sponsorship that we we push for every year. Right.
0: That's cool. All right, awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it's not just canceled and that you're trying to do something to make it happen. Hopefully next year we'll be back to something that's more in person, but who knows? I guess we'll find out um, as time goes on. So I, I personally, I mean, you know me. I don't love travel. I really miss conferences. Like that is the thing that I miss.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, seeing people in person. I mean, t- hell, just the, just the travel to uh, the DefCon group once a month. Yes. I, I'm missing yes. That, that.
0: So we were just talking about that. I mean, you, I don't know if you've come to any of our our uh, virtual events
2: no, since I we started doing them. I mean, I mean, it's funny, I'm throwing one, but I, I can't stand virtual events. I think they're, yeah. I've never been to one that's decent. Like, yeah. They all kind of suck.
0: I mean, our virtual events are basically just, let's get together and hang out and chat yeah, a bit.
2: Everybody's on Zoom and you chat. Yeah. 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 So Yeah. I'm, I, mine is, I'm just usually busy doing other crap at that time, but I'm, like the virtual events that, that I've seen out there, um, and I mean, this was, this was a sort of a stumbling block when we started talking about this at B-Sides was like to a T everybody was like these are horrible like this hasn't we haven't seen any innovation in online events in over a decade yeah
0: yeah right like I remember don't don't get Mark here started about how Summit went this year and probably will go next year
2: (laughs) you have virtual avatars that you could walk around with and interact with the people with no Mm -hmm. oh see that was that was like it was the
1: world's shittiest chat interface
2: that was state of the art like well over 10 years ago probably 15 years ago i mean su- summit on a
1: minecraft server would have actually been awesome it would have been had, better you know, than it, what we it, got it, yeah i mean the the the, the actual it, it there were like presentations and breakout sessions and stuff that that people could watch uh, and there was really bad chat like i wrote a better chat app in java in the nineties and I'm a lousy programmer, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough. I'm with you. I, but the thing that I miss really is what's been brought up multiple times is the hallway conversations and seeing people in person and then getting dumb drunk on either the sales guys tab or whatever.
0: Yeah. Right. You know, swag. I miss swag. I mean, honestly, swag I thought I thought this year was going to suck because there was no DerbyCon. I didn't know it was going to suck because every other freaking conference was also going hmm. to be canceled. <laughs>
1: Man, it's all Dave honest...
0: Kennedy's fault. It's because he canceled yes. DerbyCon. DerbyCon. You see what he brought on? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, honest... everyone just followed his lead.
1: <laughs> uh, we had an honest opportunity to be done by nine, and I think we've blown it.
0: You're probably right because we're busy talking. <laughs> Yeah. So, um with that out of the way, uh we did we got a number of reviews that apparently I missed last time we recorded. And then of course we had a month gap. And I think they came in during that month or I don't know, for just for no. whatever reason we missed them or I missed them. I usually check these before before every show and Some I, of them are old. Some of them were old and I don't get it. Some were like back in May. So, mm-hmm. whatever, we're going to try to catch up on those quick. Um, We got a couple good reviews and one bad one. And I figured we'd address the not-so-great one first. Um, Mm. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Mark. All right. So we got uh, a a review from a guy who calls himself Death by Hubris. And his review is, Uncle Mark just annoys me way too much to keep listening. Brought the show from four or five stars to two. And frankly, just not worth listening. His constant interruptions to inject unfunny jokes, repetition repetition lines, and very loud, periodic yelling have ruined a once-enjoyable listen. Unsubscribing, removing from recommended list. So, I've always said that good or bad, we want your feedback, and you guys have given us the feedback. Uh, so, I wanted to address this one on the air. Um, I invited Mark to the show because I thought he would be a good balance to the existing hosts, right? So um, I felt like Mark brings a little more energy to the show than what we had before. Nothing against our, our, our existing hosts. I just thought it'd be a good addition, and that hasn't changed. So Mark, you've got nothing to worry about here, <laughs> There's no, no, there's no, like, I'm sorry, Mark, but you're fired. Um, no, I'm, well, I'm well, sorry. I do, with all
1: the money I don't make from the, yeah, right,
0: right. But I, I know you enjoy being on the show. So no, I'm, I do. I'm, I'm I sorry do. that death Wait, by hubris doesn't like your, I your energy.
2: We were firing him. Wasn't that, did I miss that? Part? Yeah.
0: Sorry. We changed, we changed. Uh, I, I, changed it? I got cold feet. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> you're afraid of Mark. Okay. Got I've it. never, I've never had to fire somebody before. So, oh. no, I mean, seriously, um, I, I get it. Not everybody likes high energy people, and Mark, you're sort of a high energy person, but that's not going to change anything. You know what um, Death
1: by Ubris wants? He wants you to let him go, let him go, <laughs> send his ass to the door. Oh, I'm sorry, I just kind of. Actually, you know, Death by Ubris makes uh, he does make some some valid points, and and I you and I talked about this. Um, uh, I I do tend to to respond to things quickly. Part of it's that's my personality. Part of it's I'm Jersey, right? Remember we talked about Jersey last show. Nobody likes Jersey. So, so what I need to do (laughs) is when we're in a group conversation like this, uh, I need to take care that I don't, um, jump on people, right? I need to like take a breath before putting my two cents in, it's it's something it's something I suspect it, but so so death by Ubers kind of validates some of that a little bit. So all right. And it probably feels like interruption, right? Um Yeah. Uh the the corny jokes, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I've told I've told bad corny dad jokes since long before I was a dad. So if they're a deal breaker, sorry, death. That's uh that's United kind of your the uh, part ways. That's kind yeah. of your
0: personal brand, right? We have to keep that.
1: <laughs> and uh, the loud noises, well, we'll see what we can do about that. I Again, mean, no promises there.
0: Part part of the loud could also be the the way in which the show is recorded and mixed. And maybe that'll get better with the new mixer, right? We've always mm. had problems with audio levels, uh, especially yeah. especially if we don't keep our voices metered, right? Anytime any of us gets a higher or lower pitch, the the old way in which I mixed the show, it just couldn't account for that. And this mixer is supposed to help with that, so we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, hopefully, that is the case, and it helps level some of that out. And maybe that'll also help.
1: That being said, I've I've often had roles where I where I I've been a private instructor. I I I've been places where I speak in front of groups, and you didn't even at Red Hat Convergence events when when I'd be doing one session in one room and there was a divider and there was another session in the other room. People would sometimes be like. Wow. It was like, I was hearing both of them at once. So I'm loud. I get that. That's, that's kind of me. Sure. So, so I can turn the volume. I can try and turn my internal volume down a little bit. I won't always succeed, but so, so death by Ubers. Thank you for some, thank you for your feedback. It has been considered. And And I think uh, I can take some, I think I can take something valuable from it.
0: And I hope, uh, I hope we haven't lost you as a, as a listener or a viewer, but if we have, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can earn you back sometime later. And if not, you know, sorry, (laughs) we're not, we're not going to change the show considerably due to one piece of feedback, but we do appreciate constructive criticism. So if anybody else has any suggestions or anything they don't like about the show, uh, I've always said it, go ahead, let us know. We don't know what we're doing right or wrong unless you let us know. So speaking of things we're doing right, we have two more reviews that are on a much more positive note. Uh, we got one from Frame45. I have no idea what that reference is to, but that's what he calls himself, or what they call themselves. Um, I've had this podcast on my phone for a while, but just lately started diving in. Really liking the tech info and the personal interaction back and forth. Personalities make me feel like I'm listening to friends that, uh, that I've never met. So that's cool. Or that I've never met in person. Uh, thanks for the show, guys. Love the interviews. Really enjoy hearing how people get into tech. So we've had a number of times where we talk about our past and how we got into this stuff. And it sounds like Frame45 likes that. So that's cool. I don't think we're going to stop doing that anyway. And the last one is another five star review um, from I am Tech Michael. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's intentional. Uh, I'm sure it's got to be, right?
1: Fun to, hear,
0: to fun to hear from like-minded folk. It's been a fun show so far to listen to. Thanks for making these. And you're welcome.
1: Exclamation point.
0: Yes, exclamation point. So you're welcome. I'm glad you enjoy it.
1: You All are Tay right. Michael. Tay Michael.
0: <laughs> All right, let's try to keep the chat to a minimum, and then we'll get through to the news, right? So, Mark, you got, a, you got something going on here you want to talk about? Something about yeah. books.
1: Yeah, so I finally took the plunge. Um, I've never personally owned a tablet myself. Like my kids have, my wife has this giant ass iPad that you can kill someone with. Uh, but I, I realized I like reading. I, I I didn't just realize that I've always liked reading, but I got a lot of, a lot of areas of my house where the lighting's not so great or whatever. And I got books scattered all over the place. So I finally broke down and picked up a fire HD eight from the amazon uh 32 gig unit it's blue and it looks like this and the uh oh there that looks similar to that yeah although yours is yours is drazing yeah yours is you not
0: see, visible because of your background
1: yeah i run zoom on linux so i don't get to do the fancy <laughs> video overlays it's probably and stuff. better that way <laughs> so no totally standard paperback there you go it, it 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 pretty much is like the same size as a regular paperback. Yeah. And you could say, well, can't you just like read Kindle on your phone? Well, here's my phone. And it's, Oh, look, baby Yoda. It's a pretty big (laughs) phone, but even so, when you look at the phone yeah. compared to the Kindle, and that might not seem like a lot, but it's it's actually fairly consequential.
0: So I, I agree with you on the screen size thing. I mean, I have the Pixel five Pixel, Pixel four XL, which is a freaking behemoth of a phone compared to everything I've owned before this. Um, and when the new Dresden book came out, I bought it in ebook, as I've talked on the show before. I got it on ebook instead of uh, usually do audiobooks and I was really enjoying reading it, but I didn't like the tiny screen. So I had this tablet that I got quite some time ago for quote-unquote free from Verizon, uh, just for adding the, the data line that went with it. And I've been mm-hmm. using it mainly for maps out on the trail, right, because it's got a data plan. And uh, I actually used the the reading on my phone as an excuse to upgrade this to a newer one because this thing is old and slow. It was slow when I got it because it was quote-unquote free. Um, I have a newer version of the Samsung that also has a data plan. I think it's the Galaxy A8, 8A, something like that. Anyway, mm. so I'm doing the same thing, except so, not, not with a proprietary locked-in device.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Find. I mean
0: as per, as unproprietary as an Android Samsung Android tablet can be.
1: So I am spoiled by the performance of my iPhone. So so let me tell you what this is not a substitute for for me. This is not a substitute for a general computing device. No. It's it's not something I plan to play games on. It's not something I plan to do really anything but read and maybe do some other light Kindle type things on, like maybe maybe watch something off a of Prime or or something like that if I feel like it. Because quite f- quite frankly, when you're out, the Kindle app itself is beautiful. So like there's the Kindle app and it's very it's fast, it's responsive, it's it it mm-hmm. looks good. But once you get to the actual UI and you start doing stuff with it, it's clear it's a ninety friggin dollar tablet. Yeah. Right. Because again, I've got a really high performant laptop. I've got a killer gaming rig. I've got the iPhone XR. They all are balls to the wall performing machines. This thing is like the Fred Flintstone hamster is, is inside turning the wheels and yeah. stuff that you expect to be almost instantaneous. It's like are you kidding me? You're still thinking about it? Yeah, that's how you know my... What I think? This, this is also very disappointing. Alexa, open Skyrim. Here's that And it doesn't do the Skyrim game, the Skyrim skill. It just opens a search map of various Skyrim things I can download. I wanted to play friggin' Skyrim on it, you know, like the yeah. Alexa skill. And okay. it's enabled on my account. So if anybody from friggin' Amazon is listening... Uh this tablet this dome, won't play. Yeah. yeah the Skyrim extra special extended edition won't run on this when I ask it to open it. So now everybody said everybody's
0: yeah. uh Amazon devices just keyed and started playing Skyrim because you said that. Yeah, <laughs> did. Yeah? did yours at home
1: <laughs> a creaking wooden door <laughs> ah! See, and I actually want, and and I actually don't own this is like this is like my Amazon device. Like I've got a Google home. I claimed my son's it's outside of my office door so I can listen to music on it. And I obviously have my, my girl Siri on this, but Alexa's betraying me. I want it to play Skyrim.
0: That's okay. You're better but, off that way anyway.
1: Right. So, but, <laughs> so as it, as an e-reader, which is what I wanted it for in the first place, it's good. As a general purpose computing device, I'm not sold, but that wasn't the intended purpose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like reading on active displays. I prefer the, the, I have the, the
1: paper white, the e-ink display. I thought about the paper white, but it was a lot more money and seemed less capable.
2: It is a lot more money and it is a lot less capable, but I can sit and read this for hours. Whereas, you know, I can read uh, an active screen for like, you know, 10 minutes before my eyes start bleeding. Really? Wow. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Reading on my, on my Samsung tablet has actually been decent. I haven't had that same eyes. problem. on this. Of course, I don't read for hours on end. I'll I'll read for half an hour to an hour before bed, right? I don't I don't sit around and read for you know six hours at a time or something. Like Jason, you probably do, <laughs> if I know you. When you have a chance, you probably sit down for long reading sessions.
2: When I can, yeah. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. You know, I'll usually I'll, I'll take it out and I'll have a cigar and a scotch and sit for hour and a half, two hours and read. Yeah. All right. Uh, otherwise, how do I get through things like Dresden? You're right. You're and right. Damn it!
0: You do it. You do it. I Thirty to minutes to a... an hour a night, like I do.
2: It's another <laughs> twenty-one days before the next book is out. I, I got. I,
0: I got through it surprisingly quickly, even though I was only reading it for you know that little bit of time per day. of course, there were a couple lunch breaks where I went out and sat on the front porch and read because I, I wanted to get through that book.
2: So but, so there there's a uh, there's also um, as a slight aside there's a Kickstarter right now from Corey Doctorow. For his third book in the uh, Little Brother series. Oh, that's cool. Um, which uh, is basically it's a uh, it's a big fu to Amazon because um, he wants to it's basically to pay for somebody to do the audiobook. I'll read um, that. you can get, you can get <laughs> all three all three books uh, as free open formats, uh, and all three books as audiobooks as well. So worth taking a look that's at. That's
0: cool. I liked the the first two. I liked the first one the most. The second one was good, but the first one was not, awesome.
2: I have not had a chance to read the second one yet. And I'm, really? You know, yeah. Well,
0: I did that one on audiobook as well. Um,
2: yeah, I, I read the first one like two or three times. So.
0: Yeah, I've, I've listened to that probably three or four times too. It's a good story. All right, so as far as chat goes, you already know I passed my RHCE, but that's that was an event. <laughs> that's a thing that's happened. Um, the other thing is, um, and I don't know if I can maybe include pictures or something in the show notes. I probably won't, but um, my dad and I, so my my kids are schooling from home this year and maybe permanently. Um, I think I've talked about that in the past. It's not just because of the state of the world. It's because we thought it was the right choice for our one daughter and our other daughter. We'll see how she does. She may go back to public school next year, um, but we figured if we were bringing, if we keep them one home, we'll keep them both home this year. Uh, but, but they needed a place to sit. Right when we didn't want to go out and buy desks, and we have a limited amount of space, so my wife had found this sort of like double-sided desk uh, somewhere, and she said, "Can we get one of these?" And I thought that looks like a—it basically looks like a bookcase with two fold-down desks on either side. I thought we don't need to go buy one of those; we can build one of those. So my dad and I got together, and we built one. And it came out really cool. Uh, it's basically like a six-foot tall. It really does look like a bookcase, uh, except it's double-sided. There's shelves on both sides. And then we have like a 28-inch per side desktop that folds down, and we have legs that you can you can attach uh, so that when you fold it down, it has legs to sit on so the kid doesn't lean on it and tip the whole thing over or something. Hmm. And uh, we got them set up for their their year of school at that. And they have a nice little workspace on each side and there's plenty of room for all their school supplies and um, CCA, which is the school that they're, that we've enrolled them in uh, Commonwealth charter Academy. I think it's called Uh, they sent them little laptops. So there's perfect room for them. There's even, I made sure there was enough room that I could put an external monitor uh, in there as well. So if we decide that they would need more room, we can hook up an extra monitor and there's a little shelf at the top for their printer my wife can't reach, so I'm going to have to move the printer. cuz she's <laughs> <Kiss you> short. <laughs> but, so, uh, but yeah, it came out really cool, and I'm, I'm happy with it.
1: So do you need to fold the tables up when they're not at school, or it just that's a neat thing you can do? Well, need- yeah,
0: the the thought was that we have the option. So if we need room and it's a weekend or something, uh, we can clear off the desktop and fold the sides up. I, I imagine that those are not going to get folded up very often. I probably could have built it with a solid... Uh, Worktop, but um, just to have the option, it's it seemed worth it, worth it to or do. Where is it. it? Like in
1: the family room or something?
0: It's in it's in our living room right now. Mm-hmm. So there's there's sort of a corner in the back of our living room. Our living room is a stupid design. That's all I can say. Um, we've we've fought with it since we moved in here to figure out like where should the TV go and where should the couches be and whatever. And um, there's like a corner in the back where you have like a three by ten sort of alcove right? And we put it in there. So the thing is three feet wide. And we figured about an eight foot sort of work area, um, including chairs and whatnot. And it worked out pretty good, pretty, pretty well. Um, Mark, you may have seen pictures of it on Facebook because we shared it. I did because I
1: used social media.
0: Yep. Um, But it's pretty cool. I'm happy with how it came out. Nice. So Jason, you're having 3D printing problems or arguments with 3D printing?
2: do get me started. Mm. Um, you put it in here. <laughs> yeah, so I have an Ender 5 Pro um, I've had for a little while that I've been messing around with and was working semi-okay. I uh, was having issues with uh, some bed adhesion problems. I mean, so the I guess the Ender 5s have this wonderful problem where the beds, for the most part, come uh, warped. Um, and it's just a known thing. There's a device called a BL Touch, which basically is a bed sensor, which goes in, and it's just this little thing that pops down and touches the bed at each, at a bunch of different points and, and sort of like makes a map of what the, the, the bed looks like and then adjusts itself accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, simple enough. Um, so you got one of those, installed it, and uh, I, it's printing right now. And we'll see how it does, but um, I've been having nothing but trouble trying to get this thing calibrated and running since I've done that. Wow! Um, I I will I will solve it, damn it, because I I want my printer back. Um, so we'll see what happens. It seems to be working at the moment. So, uh, but the uh, the other uh, when I was messing with this before, I the 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 bed that comes with it. Um, after the upgrade and everything else, it basically dug into the bed and drew lines all through the bed and sort of destroyed the, uh,
3: the,
2: the existing bed, which was, I had already bought a new bed to replace it with. Um, cause that was the intention. So I'm still. glad. I didn't, but yeah. I was, I was a little annoyed. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it appears that maybe I have fixed it, but the problem is I don't understand what I did to fix it.
0: <sighs> That's always a problem. That is like, you don't main... really know if it's fixed. <laughs> right?
1: I've right. got a warranty replaced printhead on mine, yeah. not an end or a mono price. Yeah, and this was this came right before my wife and I went on vacation at the be, in Smarch. Yeah, and the friggin' thing won't go all the way down to the bed. It thinks it's too high. Right. And awesome. I've just like I've done f all to deal with it since getting back from vacation and getting the COVID, and then being stuck in Smarch, and I'm like if I don't deal with this at some point, the warranty is going to run out again and I've just not been using my printer. So I feel like someone needs to like guilt me or nag me about getting the 3d printer back online.
2: Yeah. So I made a, I made an interesting discovery, which is a horrible discovery. And as a result, I will probably never buy a Creality product again in my life. Um, If you buy something from Creality, um, you may not be buying it from Creality. Because there are, like, a dozen different Creality sites. There's Creality.com, Creality.shop, Creality Creality 3D Official, Creality 3D. All of these different sites are different companies. Oh, no. And they all use the name Creality. So if you buy something from one and you think you're talking, you're like, because I just went to Creality's site. I'm like, hey, I bought this. I'm having problems. Help me. And they're like, oh, we need to see the receipt. I'm like, okay. So I sent them the receipt. They're like, you didn't buy that from us. I'm like, but you're Creality, aren't you? No, you must have bought that from or the other Creality. other Creality. I'm like, what the – are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if I've gotten it – I don't know if anything that I've purchased actually came from the company that made it or if it's just a bunch of resellers wow. that are reselling it and giving me crappy support. So – um. You know, it you know, it seems again, it seems like it's working now, but we'll see what happens. And then, you know, my other my other project's been the barcade, so I'm in the process of, of organizing ROMs and getting getting that Oh, done. that's what
0: it is. Okay. I'm I'm yeah. like, what's the barcade? And now I remember. This is the, yeah. the the Raspberry Pi based bar top uh gaming system you were building.
2: Yeah, so I had gotten I got a a, a two hundred fifty six gig SD card for the you know I figured I'll just throw all the ROMs on that. And yeah, and I started digging into like you know first of all when you put Raspberry Pi on a, um, a uh, an SD card, it automatically says oh look there's more space and sucks up all the space for you, Oops. which is really annoying and it's a pain in the ass. To get it to not do that, there's like all sorts of stupid things you have to do to make it not do that. Why do you want it to not do that? Well, because I wanted to put the ROMs in its own partition, so that if I ever had to blow away Raspberry Pi, and like install a new version or whatever, it wouldn't modify the partition with the ROMs in it. What are What are you running on it now? Uh, Raspbian, something. It's just it's retro. It's uh, Retro
1: Pi. Yeah.
2: So
0: maybe you're not aware of this, or maybe you are aware of this, and I'm repeating something that you already know, but uh, RetroPie has this feature where if you build the proper directory structure on a USB key and put all your ROMs in it, then all you have to do to repopulate your ROMs is plug it into the Pi and wait for it to copy, and it just basically R-syncs everything over every so often.
2: Between the joysticks and the sound and everything else, USB ports are at a premium. Well, no, you,
0: you plug it in once you plug it in. So like you, you say you have to blow it away, reinstall it, you blow it away and you reinstall it.
2: Oh, it copies
0: it back. And then you, you plug it in and it r syncs. And then when it's done, you unplug it. And then you don't have to do that again, unless you want to add more ROMs or you have to blow it away again.
2: Right. So I found a better way to do it. Um, because apparently putting ROMs onto the SD card is, uh, Really bad thing because SD card. Because I don't know, apparently it destroys the SD card very rapidly.
0: Yeah, SD cards are, yeah, they're not the uh, the high, uh, high throughput, long life uh, <laughs> uh, car or storage devices that we all wish they were.
2: Yeah, so uh, instead, uh, you can run them off of um, off of like Samba mounts. Uh huh, that's another so, thing
0: I was going to mention. So
2: I'm now. Uh, I have a uh a NAS device, um, a uh a Synology, so I'm I'm building a uh uh, uh mount for all the ROMs and everything. So
1: nice, that's a proper copying, nerd way to do it.
3: Yeah, copying around, yeah, around
2: 70,000 plus ROMs is uh, time consuming, so it's <laughs> taking a while because
0: network attached game device, is what you've got now. I'm sure <laughs> all it does You're is it probably just.
1: It probably just sucks the ROM in once when it fire when you fire the emulator up, and it's not like it's banging the share the entire time. It right?
0: probably synchronizes them the same way that USB stick does.
2: I've got two dedicated 1-gig ports on the NAS. I could care less if it bangs on the... Well,
1: <laughs> right, but the point is, is that the ROM's not going to be big in modern yeah. terms anyway.
2: Well, yeah. Depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, some arcade ROMs are
1: huge. Some
2: MAME ROMs... It's a fine huge.
0: Well, like a gig or two. It can be, they can get pretty big.
1: Not terabytes. I,
2: have, I haven't seen a MAME ROM that big, but I've seen other, other, you know, like PlayStation or... Yeah. Some stuff be well, great.
1: but PlayStation... You mean, like, old-school PlayStation or new PlayStation?
2: Yeah. No, no. You can't go... Yeah, we're talking PS1. PS1, I PS2 think 2 is- maybe. I don't... I haven't seen a... I, I think amelior. they're all PS1. Yeah, it's all PS1. But they're, like, 6, 7, 800 meg. Yeah, well, mm. they're a CD image.
1: Yeah. Right, fair enough. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, thinking. I'm thinking of when I was messing around with the with MAME and stuff. Yeah, it was like you like, know, 80s arcade games. Yeah,
0: like NES ROMs are like a couple k. <laughs> yeah, a couple hundred k maybe. Yeah, because they I, didn't I, have that much storage on those on those cartridges.
1: Right, Back when I, games were good. I finally yeah.
2: got a, uh, I got a 32 inch TV for it, so it's a proper TV that fits in the in the. It's all mounted. That's cool. now. And I had somebody create. Uh, I haven't printed them yet, but I have uh, uh, graphics that are were created for it. So. I'll get those printed and slap those on the sides. And then, uh, you know, then I'll have games and I can play games on it. That's Sweet. it's pretty cool. And work. I've been doing work. Work. Aren't work we stuff. all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So I think that brings us along to the news. Jason, I know you said you were going to drop at 9, and it's 9.05. Are you going to uh, drop or are you going to hang out for the news?
2: That. I'll probably hang out
0: good i'm i'm glad that uh hang out so all right i'm gonna play i'm gonna push the purple button i i made sure that the purple button stayed purple when i set up the roadcaster so here we go We still have a long way to go to achieve diversity, inclusion, and equality in technology. Our contribution is the Live at Manning Women in Tech online conference, October 13th, starring the women rocking the tech boat. Check the show notes of this show for a link to more information. Jason's gonna tell me he couldn't hear it.
1: No, I heard it's it. It really was low. it was it was light. It or, was light. Not light. It well, was yeah, uh, it's low.
0: Well, actually, here I'll. How's that? Well, that's that's better. <laughs> uh, the... it got it was yeah,
1: yeah. Well,
0: I stopped it. The uh the the soundboard has its own uh volume slider, so I just had that low because I thought it was good. Apparently, it I wasn't. Say. It was too low.
2: It was too low. But that, that, that gets that edited low, out. Low,
0: well, yeah. That'll get edited out in the recording and replaced with a nice high quality sound file anyway. So, doesn't matter.
2: Know, well, the new drinking game for Iron System Man is the amount of times that you say this will be edited out.
0: Well, no, that does get edited out. I do that every show.
2: Oh, okay. But
0: but the, the the my kid walking in in the middle of the show, I'll never be able to find that. It won't get edited out. <laughs> Man, that's
1: part of the character.
2: <laughs> Even though I press the mark button.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, if I could remember to do that every time I something like
1: that happens, then I will. Then I'm like, why is Jason talking about me? Oh, no, that kind of...
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, now I have ready access to these sounds, and it's perfect. I could, like, hit I them. I think that's awesome.
1: Hey. <laughs> 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 you press the button, that that was what I was feeling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, your your button is blue, Mark. I hope you like blue.
1: Is it the one with the 2-star review on it? <laughs>
0: it's it's two stars on the button.
1: <laughs> uh, at least he gave us two, right? Yeah, right. No. Right. Mm.
0: All right. So, our first article for the night comes from TechCrunch and China bans Scratch, MIT's programming language for kids. So, the reason I included this not only is because not only because I'm very sad for the children of China because they no longer have access to Scratch because I think it's a really great learning tool. Um, I, this is what you get. This is what you get when your government has too much control over you. And I don't want to go off on too much of a rant, but it reminds me so much of the current conversations around TikTok.
2: Yep, time to mute.
0: (laughs) Jason can't, can't even. (laughs)
1: It what makes me what makes me sad about the Chinese children is they're stuck in an evil fucking country.
0: Yes, exactly. Full stop. And, but that's that's my point. Okay. In the US, we're not here yet. I don't think we're here yet.
1: I don't think we'll get there.
0: And and the current conversations around TikTok make me feel like this is where we're going. And that scares the hell out of me. For this, for this country to be talking about banning an app or forcing its sale to a U.S. company um,
1: because because China, right? I th- isn't the fear, though, <laughs> that China is using it for nefarious purposes? Is there any
0: proof of that? Any proof at all?
1: Mm, I don't know. We're, I don't we're, this is
2: all. a free freaking actually, country. Actually, uh, I believe there was some, some proof of... I don't know how I mean it was it was sucking up an awful lot of data. Not necessarily nefarious. It's
0: a video but, sharing app.
2: <laughs> well, but it was it was doing things that it was doing things that Facebook has been getting away with.
0: There are companies in the US that do that all the freaking time, and because they're not China Again, it's perfectly
2: it, it, fine. It's doing stuff that Facebook gets yeah. away with every day, but it's China, so we have to we have to ban it. So anyway. In, Sell it to an American company, oh, and get a kickback to the U.S. government, because apparently that's a thing we do now.
0: Right. So yep, so China has decided that Scratch, which if you're not familiar with Scratch, is basically a, uh, a very simplified, well, maybe simplified is the wrong word. Um, it's a programming language with a graphical interface, right? Right. I think is the best way I can describe it. Calling it yeah, simplified no, is not accurate because it you can do a lot it's with like Lego, it from what it's I like
1: programming with Lego blocks. Right, but it it's also like supports more advanced both stuff. Lego Mindstorms and Arduino have done interfaces like this.
0: Right, so so it's it's like it's like learning electronics using Snap Circuits. Right. Right, it's that's the same kind of analogy. Snap circuits, you know, if you're not familiar with those, or you, know, is, you can build yeah. a circuit out of these little snap together modules, right? They make it hard to make terrible mistakes and uh, they make it easy to make circuits and see lights light up and speakers come on and propellers fly in the air. Scratch is the same thing except on a screen and you can use it with a programming language or use it like a programming language. It is a programming language. Anyway, uh, China has decided that uh, there are elements of Scratch and elements of the community surrounding Scratch uh, that are somehow, like, poisoning the Chinese youth. I don't know how you... Like, they don't really go into detail in this article on TechCrunch, but there's some quotes.
2: They do say that there's a lot of content that is anti-China. Great great deal of humiliating, fake, and libelous content about China. Now... I don't know if that's true.
0: Yeah, is that is it true? Give us some examples, because I mean, yeah. you're right. If if it's if it's like oh the Chinese are all insert racial expletive here, um, then sure, I can understand why they'd be upset. But that doesn't sound like a reason to block the service. It sounds like a reason to go to the hopefully level-headed people at MIT that run this and go like, hey, can you make this a little more inclusive? Yeah. Hey.
2: To be clear, <laughs> I'm sure it's not just stuff against China. I'm sure it's like all over the place. If if that stuff exists, it's going to exist across the board against, you know, other countries and races. Yeah, and, and I'm
0: and I'm guessing that this region. is within the community, not within the scratch UI itself.
2: Right? It's the projects that are that are on the site, I guess. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. So yes, the community then.
1: The problem is, they're saying the projects contain it. It's not Scratch itself. It's yeah. the. Yeah. yeah,
2: like the featured projects. So let's see. Search. China. There's a whole bunch of China stuff if you search for China. I mean, I, you know, oh, yay, endless scrolling. This is fun. Um, it, it looks like some of this might be humorous. Like, yeah. Some of it is like Trump making fun of you know like the, making fun of the way China, uh, Trump says China. Uh, <laughs> some of it looks like China. Let's see, this one has something well, which on. is how he says China.
1: People China. were getting people were getting banned on Reddit, my understanding, because the the Winnie the Pooh and the Ch- current leader of China look very similar. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, terrible. Uh, and me- memes about that were apparently pissing off the new Chinese overlords of Reddit, so they say. So is Reddit going to be banned next then? I would pr- my blood pressure would probably go down if I, would I stayed be off of Reddit.
2: Reddit is allowed in China, to be honest. Well, Mark, were you just suggesting
0: that Reddit is owned by a Chinese company?
1: I think the they were sold to a company that's that's got a lot of Chinese influence, I but now I might be speaking out my ass. Okay. But so that, I mean that's if I understand it.
0: Right, so like like the comments previously about TikTok Right. No,
2: Reddit, Reddit is an independent subsidiary subsidiary of Condé Nast. Of Condé Nast's parent company. But What the heck is that? Condé Nast would be the guys who own, like, um, uh, I think they own Wired. um bunch of Condé, Condé Nast owns all, all sorts of stuff. Here, let me, let's see. Click that, and then Advanced Publications, Majority Shareholder. Oh, God forbid you list what they own. Uh, Why would they do that? Discovery Channel, Wired, Lycos, Angel Fire, Tripod. Lycos, that's a name I haven't heard in forever. Still exists. (laughs) Yeah, Discovery. Discovery they own. So, I mean... Interesting.
0: So, at any rate, my point is... I think, so I, I I saw this and I was sad for Chinese kids. And it immediately bumped my brain into, you know, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. This whole thing about banning TikTok. I mean, I don't care what happened I don't care about TikTok, to be honest. Like, I have it on my phone because it's kind of entertaining. And because of the media stuff I do with the Jeep channel, um, TikTok is like a valid platform to try to promote that kind of stuff on. So I've tinkered with it. If it went away tomorrow, I don't think I'd care, right? But if it goes away tomorrow because of stupid politics, I think I'd be disappointed in this country is is what I'm getting at. And I feel like it is the slope that leads us to kids not being able to access scratch in China.
2: Well, I mean, one of the comments that's in the article actually is pretty spot on. This happens a lot. We're trying to block something and then then makes their own. They're the Chinese version of it that sucks up all the data and reports it to the government. pops yep. up. So yep. So Scratch may be gone today, but tomorrow it'll probably be back yep. at a different, you know, at, at...
1: named Scratch or, yeah. or something.
2: called itch or something. And you know, it'll suck up all the data and send it to the government so they can further, you know, delete
1: yeah. the... projects that. So I mean, like there's
2: there's
0: um, there's cases that seem to make sense, like when um huawei right the whole huawei debacle debacle about how they've been blacklisted they've got a history of backdoors and things they've got a history of stealing code from u.s companies i can understand that you know like i I can back that i don't care what what uh what party backs it i don't care what party suggested it that one makes sense right the tiktok
2: thing doesn't Keep in mind, right? You say you say stealing code from companies. China doesn't have the copyright laws that we have in the U.S., so they're not stealing anything. I guess you got a point, right? So I mean, this goes all the way back to I'm, I'm almost I'm almost positive it was Huawei, like way way back, like 20 years or so. The Cisco thing, with the Cisco thing, right? Yeah, that was it's, Huawei, where where they you know word for word copied the entirety of cisco's ios and they got sued and I, I i think they lost in the u.s but
1: i mean they
2: don't care in china they, they don't right
1: care. they don't care they're yeah right they
2: don't have these laws but i mean this is this is nothing new like something goes up like hey i mean this is a huge problem with kickstarter that, that a lot of creators are having on kickstarter which is they they come up with these new products and they put them on kickstarter they want to put you know they want to raise the money to be able to build them and by the time that their um, their Kickstarter campaign is over. It's already been cloned by twenty companies in China and is being sold everywhere. Yeah, and there's yeah. nothing they can do about it because again, these laws don't exist in
1: China. China's not as a country. China's not really our friend in a lot of ways, and we we have we have we have in a lot of ways sold our souls for cheap plastic crap. Over the past thirty or forty years, and and now we're paying the piper. We got Pete. We got NBA players who are afraid to speak out against government atrocities because they don't want to offend the Chinese government. I mean, how friggin' crazy is that?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, they're starting to say the same thing about the U.S. and not being able to speak out against the atrocities here
1: this is my point i see plenty of atrocity speaking out in the united states and people are not disappeared
2: yeah well right it's (laughs)
0: not like china
2: i don't know portland was yet it's Um, not like
0: china yet that's my point right that's the that's that's what i'm saying like we are i feel like the u.s is at the top of the slope right and we can stay up there or we can start to tumble our way down And I feel like, I don't care what party you support, um, I feel like we're on our way down the slope. We're, like, at the cusp.
1: Insert privacy rants again?
0: Whatever it is. Privacy, liberty, rights, whatever. I think we're at the cusp of of falling down uh, a very slippery slope of things being taken away from us in the name of our own safety
1: spoiler alert it doesn't matter who wins in november either no it doesn't both of the major parties are terrible when it comes to the stuff oh terrible. yeah terrible
0: yeah they're both willing to take away our liberties for the names of different things ones you know i don't want to get too political but you're right it doesn't matter who wins
2: so how about that next article
0: how about that next article
1: it's another chinese oh
0: crap it's also about china
1: more chip (laughs) bands we don't have to talk about it if you don't want we can skip right to the next one which is about the ps5
0: okay let's talk about the ps5 because we're already running late
1: yeah
0: (laughs) we'll include the we'll include the article we're skipping in the show notes if anybody wants to read it
2: yeah Um, there's another it's another huawei that's getting blocked yay yeah
1: so this is a total fluff piece from Tech Radar. I saw this today because I'm I'm mulling over if I even have a next gen console strategy. So, so a few years ago, it's actually more than a few years ago now, I had a bunch of old college friends, and they each of them owned the Xbox and the PlayStation 3. And I was deciding to buy a console because I could afford that and I couldn't afford a good gaming rig. And I, I settled on the PS3 because it had a Blu-ray player built in and the Xbox did not. So That's it got reason. me, it got me the PlayStation and a Blu-ray player. And then we played a whole lot of Borderlands together and then, uh, then Borderlands two and, and whatnot. And then when fallout four came out, I had built, I had a gaming rig, but it did not meet fallout four specs. So I, I ended up with a PS4. It is safe to say that I use the PS4 every day. It's also safe to say that 99.9% of the time I use it for streaming video because yeah. it's hooked to my giant TV in the other room. And it does a fantastic job streaming video, but I don't I don't really play games on it anymore. I have a fair number of games, but most of my gaming is either on the Switch or on my gaming rig and whatnot. So I'm really struggling. Is pre-ordering a console something I even want to get into? And you guys even, like, do you, are you, do you guys do consoles at all? I don't even know.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm on the Xbox bandwagon.
1: There.
2: I have
0: uh, a PS4. I had a PS3. Uh, we have a Switch. Um, I don't play them much. To be honest, uh, I feel the control <clears throat> that I get from a keyboard and mouse is better, is superior than the control I get from a little controller in my hands, especially for first-person shooters. I just cannot do first-person shooters on a on a a controller in my hands. I don't know why. I just can't. I don't, I don't know if I don't have the coordination or whatever with the trackball that I use on my desk. I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm not great, but I'm good Mm enough. Right.
2: It depends on the shooter. Some of them have been tuned pretty good for, uh, yeah, maybe that's
0: it. Like fallout four that you mentioned. I try, I played, I tried playing fallout four on my PS4 by borrowing it from a friend before I ever bought it. And I'm glad I didn't buy it on the PS4 first because I was horribly inaccurate. But if I play well, it on PC, I'm not too bad.
2: Yeah, I, I, would, but, I would hardly call that a first-person shooter. But, but
0: there's yeah, shooting PS4, elements, right? And I, that's what I mean.
1: Yeah, but you use VATS, which becomes almost right. you, it almost totally freeze time. So if you're firing manually in Fallout 4, you're doing it wrong. You should be using I, VATS all the time. I had a... Uh, um, I yes, would, I'm I, telling you you're playing your game wrong. Perhaps, I, I'll, I, Perhaps I didn't get that. I don't
2: remember. You
1: get fats at the beginning. You weren't paying attention. Maybe because that's it. It.
2: okay. Maybe that's the problem. Okay. So I had I had a friend RTFM one which I enjoyed. So I I was one of the people that stood outside and waited for the PS2 and got that and played the hell out of it, and then was like, you know, waiting on the edge for the PS3 to come out because of the the, the disturbing amount of power that it had and like the specs, just specs alone, it was it, it was amazing, and. I, the time I didn't have the money to buy one. So, um, I just sort of did without and I ended up getting an Xbox 360 from a friend, um, and started playing that. And then shortly thereafter got a PS three from, um, from someone I knew and I started playing that and I could not, I just couldn't deal with the PS three. I didn't like it at all. So mm-hmm. I've, I've sort of been on the Xbox bandwagon ever since. So I've got a, I've got a ser a, a uh, A one X now and I will be picking up the the new one when it comes out.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm gonna get a PS five. I may get it, but I'm never the pre order guy. Not for not for consoles. I'm just not I don't care that much about them. It'll be a year or two in and I'll buy it when the price starts to come down a little bit.
2: Mm. Yeah. I I I don't know. I have the I have the T V set up and everything for the Series X. So I mean that's that's what I've been looking at. So I'll pick that up and
0: I'm not we'll saying just, you're
2: wrong. I'm just saying yeah, it's not the way to yeah, do well, it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the, the, we'll the pass-down thing where, you know, the, the console gets passed down to the to the next child and then yeah, the next Yeah,
1: one. Yeah.
2: So that's what we did last time, and, and that's just what we'll do this time.
1: Yeah, my son's at Steven's now. I would probably send the PS4 with him for his sophomore year if I picked up a 5. Because I, I probably see, wouldn't get the 5 at launch.
2: What I did see today that I thought was interesting is that... Uh, um, there is—I don't know if it's confirmed yet—but there is rumor that Microsoft is uh, setting up um, uh, like a payment plan type way of purchasing the new Xbox. That's what we
0: need in this country: more payment plans.
1: So yeah. The,
2: the PS5 is <laughs> gonna be, the PS5 is is going to be at least the same price as the Xbox, if not more. So you know, it, it would make sense for them to do that as well. So it's it's one of those like you know, instead of having to drop. 500 bucks on November, you know, November, whatever it is, you know, you get the payment plan and do 12 months of, you know, whatever that divides out into.
0: Folks, I'm, I'm going to tell you from experience, payment plans are a bad idea. <laughs> Anything that takes the thing you have to have now and lets you pay for it over
2: time with interest, it's a bad idea. Don't That's do it. So that's so why you never buy a car or a house. <laughs> Cars and
0: houses are different than gaming consoles. And no, if if where. you can if you can be patient and not pay interest for the car or the house, houses are really hard to do that with. Cars are getting really right. hard to do that with. Uh, but Cars a gaming is, a gaming console agree. for a couple hundred bucks, save up the I money, guys. <laughs> I don't disagree. It's,
2: it's an option. It's an interesting option. So. Yeah,
0: I just I've been burned. Way too much in my life by, oh, this is easy. I'll pay it off over time. Yeah. Don't don't do it. He did not. Don't do it. (laughs) Personal preference. uh, I intend to get out of debt and never go back into debt, except maybe for a house. So next time I want a car, I'm going to just start saving money unless I need it right now because the car I just had burst into flames.
1: (laughs) yeah i've almost had that situation happen yeah and it
0: could happen you know but but that's just me uh that's it's it's kind of a radical way to live um but i'm willing to do that if i can get there because i am so sick of owing people money
1: (laughs) yeah so anyway ps5
0: you you can pre-order it or soon can pre-order it i guess soon
1: i think yeah
2: cool I don't think PlayStation's announced the price yet, so, you
1: know. No, they haven't.
0: It'll probably be in the $500 range if I had to guess. five dollars yeah. or 600 bucks. That's what new consoles usually are, which is, like, outlandish Where for me. I'll pay five or 600 bucks for a winch, but not for a game console. A winch that I'll use much less frequently than the game console. Maybe my priorities are set weird. All right. But it also doesn't go obsolete in four years,
2: so. Next article. has a Damn. And I don't want to talk
0: about it. Yeah. All right. So the next article uh, and I included this because we talked about it once before on the show. And this is uh, from uh, silicon.co.uk, which I don't know if I've ever heard of before, but it was in my uh, my my search for news uh, before the show tonight. So anyway. AWS lambasts. I don't, I don't know if they use that word because it kind of reminds you of Lambda. Lambests, uh, Lambasts, lambasts. President Trump, as Pentagon confirms, Microsoft Jedi contract. So, if you remember, I think it was all the way back in February or March we talked about this. Um, yeah. Basically, the U.S. government had put out bids for this Jedi cloud or Jedi contract. I don't really know what Jedi <laughs> is, to be honest, other than the folks from the Star Wars movies.
1: May the false be with you.
0: Yeah. Um, but apparently, the government put out a bid for contracts and, or a bid for whatever. And, uh, AWS and Microsoft were two of the, uh, people who put in bids and, uh, they chose Microsoft's Azure to host this, uh, Jedi, whatever the hell Jedi is. And AWS kind of immediately said, well, Trump has an interest in Microsoft or in in Azure or something. And because of that, we think it was an unfair selection and they took legal action against the U S government saying that they did not get a fair shake. And maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, I don't know. Uh, But this is just a follow-up article that the the government, the Pentagon, has gone back and, because basically what they were supposed to do was go back and review and redo the whole evaluation process, I suppose, and come back and reaffirm that it was Microsoft or pick a different vendor. And they came back and reaffirmed, yeah, we're going to stick with Microsoft. And they gave reasons for that. And AWS is still not happy with that. Surprise. (laughs) So, I mean, I I mainly included this as a follow-up. I don't want to get all political on it because we've already gone down that road on this show. Um, But I feel like, and I probably said this back then when we talked about it in March, it doesn't matter what the answer that came out of this was. If it wasn't AWS, AWS was going to respond just like they're doing now. So here we are <laughs> they're still upset about it uh, they still think that it's unfair they still think that they've been uh, singled out or they've been or that Microsoft has been picked because of some vested interest that Trump has with Microsoft Which may or may not be wrong I don't know <laughs> so anyway there we go apparently Jason is staying out of this one he's looking at his 3d printer.
2: not <laughs> next one's funny, though. I like the next one. Yeah,
0: this next one. Folks, did you know that Adobe Flash is still supported, like, anywhere? (laughs) So this comes from ZDNet. Uh, Microsoft says, we're ending support for Adobe Flash. Here's how. Uh, So they're cutting support for Flash, um, let's see, in December. Ah,
1: It was was announced back in 2020.
0: (laughs) December of 2020 is when this is finally hitting, Uh, but they're cutting it in the new Edge browser. The legacy edge browser and Internet Explorer eleven. Who's still using Internet Explorer eleven, folks?
1: Stop. Many uh, companies, I'm sure. Stop.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uninstall dude, that dude, crap. <laughs> dude, really
1: you that? don't get how big companies work sometimes. Like, no,
0: I get it. I get it. it sucks. Had,
1: you had to use ridiculously old versions of IE yeah. because of some proprietary crap with some with a lot of the garbage third party applications. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at USAP. 11,
2: eleven might be new for some people. It might be. Yeah. Right. Wait. XP's we're still on used. eight. <laughs> XP is still being used, so there's that.
0: You're probably yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: I. I. First-hand experience. First... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Death by hubris. I made. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you did it again. All right, and I I added one more in here that came right from Google's blog. Flash so, really I... dead this
1: time. Does anyone really believe that?
0: I don't know. Probably not. It'll be back. People will yeah. find a way to turn it back on. Um, I added one here that's more of an announcement than a, uh, that I didn't dig into this article or, or, or at all yet, but I received the, the as a as a Google user, I received an email today that Android 11 uh, dropped today. So anybody with an Android device that actually gets updates, um, <laughs> you should Directly get Android from 11. Google. Yeah. So if you've got a, if you've got a pixel, <laughs> you'll get an Android 11 soon.
1: Everybody else. Mm, Everybody else. You yeah, might you,
0: you might get it in the next two years or so. And then Android 12 will be out you get
2: Android 11 when you buy a new phone in six months. Yeah, there right. You go. right.
0: Truth. So Android 11, I haven't reviewed the new features or whatever, but uh, undoubtedly I will have them forced upon me soon this, enough.
1: This is not Android 11.
0: No, it never no, will that. be because it's, because that's Amazon Fire OS.
1: Yep. Which is oh, based? It was, it's it's based, based loosely on Android. On Android. Hey, the, when I turned it on, it had like the le menu, the Lila menu. I <laughs> did it, really? I, yeah, it had a text-based menu which had some Android stuff on it. That's and the awesome. first option was restart. The second option is factory reset. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do restart first.
0: Wow, that's recovery mode. How the hell did you get into recovery mode on the first boot?
1: Have you not? Well, it with? might interest awesome. you, sir. To, um, to see that, so the, it came in a box that was just thrown in a cardboard box with no packing material, and that's the edge of the friggin' box. Oh, My that's awesome. Was like, you should take a picture of the boxes before you, you turn it on, yeah. just in case. I love. So, thanks, I could, Amazon. I could rant
0: for half an hour about the quality of the delivery people that we have in my area. Uh,
1: this was not the delivery people's problem. This was a shitty pack job by Amazon. Well So taking
2: taking a very, very small thing that you've purchased and throwing it in a massively large box and just filling the rest no. up with with <laughs> yeah. um, plastic filled with air is not yeah. a proper way of uh shipping things.
1: No though it was a small box. It was like jammed in diagonally and that's the top awesome. of the box was damaged. Yeah. That's I, usually, awesome.
2: I usually buy something that's like the size of my pinky and it comes yeah. in the- the size of my son yeah the number
0: of yeah. times i've gotten in a ridiculously large box for something tiny is, is pretty comical
1: it is so tiny to do another disney song but yeah it was in uh it was in recovery mode and so i went with reboot and it worked
3: yeah
0: that's interesting yeah. well yeah that would be the thing to do because you don't want to wipe the thing i mean you could factory reset it and not hurt anything i you
1: didn't know what the up. hell was gonna happen yeah i think reboot was the
0: right choice there mark good job
1: it just was the le. Yeah. but it, it, it Good did. Good job. It.
0: So I, I think I even talked about it on the show, but a couple years ago, um, when my kids were still younger, we decided we wanted to give them tablets so they could I was younger, too. Like, right. Uh, so they could do things like watch videos. No. And, you know, certain selective things we wanted to be able to have them yeah, do.
1: Suck on this digital pacifier. So
0: I bought two, mm. <laughs> two Amazon Fire tablets, and... Uh, <laughs> I bought two Amazon Fire tablets and we basically wiped them and put full on Android on them. And we got two very cheap. In fact, they might have been like $50 a pop. Two very cheap Android tablets for you know next to nothing. Uh, and they, it served them well for a good two years. It was a good year or two before either of them broke, broke the screen or anything. And had to
1: be sent to a landfill. Yeah.
0: No, they're probably still kicking around the house somewhere.
2: Speaking of digital pacifiers, I got my wife a phone when my, my <laughs> phone.
1: see where this is
2: going. He <laughs> did not want a mobile phone at all. Who didn't? Wait, what? My, my wife had no desire whatsoever to have a mobile phone. Okay. The thing, and uh, uh, and but it it kept my my son entertained, so she kept giving it to my son. Oh, and, you know, tried to get a hold of her one day, and I couldn't get a hold of her, and you know. I was like oh, I was trying to call you. She goes, yeah, the phone doesn't work anymore. Meanwhile, my son is sitting here chewing on the phone, drooling all over it. Like, oh, really? Phone doesn't work anymore, huh? I wonder how that happened. I
0: wonder. I wonder. <laughs> my wife had we'll a BlackBerry. My wife had a BlackBerry Curve, a long time back. Um, that was what. That was like the last good BlackBerry device. I don't know if anybody remembers the BlackBerry Curve, but that was one of the few that no. that had a had a good following. Right, people liked it because of the the way the the keyboard felt and all that stuff. And it was right around the time my oldest daughter was born. And uh, same thing happened. She was, she was, she would let her like hold the phone and stuff. I'm like, you know, that was a $500 phone, right? Why are you giving it to the less than one year old? And sure enough, eventually from her, like uh, putting it in her mouth, the microphone in the (laughs) damn phone stopped working. So yeah, same deal. That's how my wife got her first Android device.
2: Yeah, I heard. I just heard the news that Android, that uh, BlackBerry is back again, again, again. Really?
0: Are they still running Android? Because that was the last thing I heard. They were running Android.
2: They're back to. I think they're back to physical keyboards again. Yeah.
0: Well, that was always their thing.
1: That was their thing.
0: Yeah. I'm not gonna argue with them over it. I I actually like the concept of a physical keyboard, but it's so hard to package that in a decent form factor that you can stick in your pocket. But now that we have phones that are, like, it freaking enormous. I could put a physical yeah, keyboard on this, but then I wouldn't the have the screen top. real yeah. estate, I guess.
2: Yeah, if you take the bottom half of that for a keyboard, then where's this? I mean, you're going to have a smaller screen. You can't, we can't do that.
0: can't have a smaller screen. How would you watch you your YouTube? The, you screen? need
1: the holographic keyboard that's suspended in air. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yep. Then how would you type on it?
1: It would be suspended in air. You would yeah, but, just uh, type. But
0: I mean, how would you? You'd get no tactile feedback. Oh, sort of like a glass touchscreen. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. <laughs>
1: No, I mean it would be holographic. Like you project it by like lasers and shit. No, under I the get phone. that.
0: Never mind.
1: Well, maybe there could be a slight electrical charge, so that it zaps would tingle you when, when you you, ta- <laughs> you, you tingle, tingle, not zap tingle. <laughs> tingle. tingle tingle when you type. ding. Ah, ding, ding, ding. Oh, that feels t- so good. That sounds like the little like... fish that nibble people's toes when they go to the spa. They put their feet in the in the thing, and there's fish that eat the dead flesh off their skin. Mark, I if don't... you
2: tingle while you type, you're gonna get arrested.
1: Yeah. yeah oh, you might. Only I... in
0: China. Only in China. Right. <laughs> I don't all right so i think
1: Dude, i think we're time. officially like, we're is officially this the passed. longest yet i don't think so oh.
0: the, the timer says two hours and 36 minutes
1: and what was last did we break three hours last we time, were like time?
0: two hours and 40 something by the time we were done last we time we gotta stop but that was after that was after i edited and this mm. is before i've edited
1: does our audience even listen this long
0: but the break was short is anyone still there is anybody there?
1: It says one's watching. I don't know.
0: Is anybody in the
1: YouTube? Josh, Josh laughed and Josh then left. Trooper was Trooper one of the morning for Trooper at some point. So yeah, I guess he's still. I don't still... know if anybody's still there.
0: All right. So we're going to go ahead and close up the show. Take,
1: take us home, man. Take I us home. I think we're
0: going to do that. All right, folks. So I know it's Tuesday, but normally you can watch us live every second and fourth Thursday of the month. This week is special because my wife's birthday is on Thursday, and I didn't want to record a show on her birthday because I'm a good Happy husband birthday. like that <laughs> <laughs> alright try to be better husband so if you want to watch us live you can do so on YouTube or Twitch now so if you want to go subscribe to us on one of those platforms whichever one you prefer uh, you'll know when we go live and then uh, you can watch us record this you know awesome piece of uh, podcastery <laughs> live pod-castery. on the podcastery uh, live on the interwebs um you can join our Matrix community because Slack expired our, uh, our, our invite again, and I don't feel like refreshing it. So you can go join our Matrix community at the link here in the show notes or by going to ironsysadmin.com, uh, and then there's a link for it in the, the menus there. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look up IronSisAdmin, and you can subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And if you can't find us on your podcast platform of choice, please let us know and we'll, uh, we'll try to get ourselves added to that as well. Um, And Don't forget about our Patreon and our Teespring shop where you can go and get cool t-shirts and whatever, um, you know, to support the show. And with that, I think we are about done. So thank you everyone who decided to watch us live and thank you anyone who's listening after the fact. And I think we're going to call it a night. Any last words?
1: fish no.
0: fish <laughs> fish <laughs> is a good word all right folks uh we will catch you next time as soon as i can find the right uh, the right thing here here it is all right good night everybody
1: night night